Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Toon looking the other way. In zone! Touchdown! Keyshawn Carter! 365 Sports is presented by IdealMRI.com. High-quality MRIs for $497 or less. IdealMRI.com. Your health is important, so is your budget. Sixty-five Sports is also brought to you by Texas Farm Bureau Insurance, protecting Texans since 1952. Here's Gabriel, steps up in the pocket, looking for the first down, has running room and more. Gabriel down the sideline, burst of speed at the 20, cuts it back. Dylan Gabriel, touchdown! Have you subscribed to our YouTube channel? Search 365 Sports on YouTube. Brought to you by TFNB, your bank for life. Hall to the outside. Touchdown. Cody Evans. Now here's David Smoke, Paul Catalina, and Craig Smoke. Well, at some point, we will have all three of us on the set today. Craig, on Friday, if you'll recall, if you were watching the show, Somebody swerved out in front of him to avoid uh, the person on the road. He hit his car into a curb, flat tire, popped the tire, and uh, after doing BearCast earlier today, is over at one of the uh, tire places here in Waco to get uh, a couple of tires put on. So he'll be here a little bit later today. 
Paul Catalina is back from uh, a month uh, of 16 days of a vacation. 16 days of a vacation. And, uh, well, welcome back. Well, I'm glad to... ah. I'm happy to you're see you. You're a liar. I'm happy to see you, Smokey. No, you're not. I didn't. I didn't miss. I told this everybody. I didn't miss everybody in this room. But I'm happy to see you no. because it was it was great. Um, I'm only going to have one wedding, um, and so I'm I'm super happy to be back. We had a great time. Uh, I learned something really crazy in Hawaii. Here's the Siri in Hawaii can say every road and every town name perfectly. Yep. But Siri in Texas gets really confused. Well, because the, the road's <laughs> the way they're built. It's the way no. they no. are built. So if you're driving to Seguin, Texas, and ask Siri where you're going, she'll say you're going to Seguin. But if I'm going to Kapa'ole Road, she'll get she it right. nails it. Yeah. Well, is, is she uh, like a native from <laughs> like, Hawaii? Might be. Might, might be. be. I was uh, surprised. A lot of things to get to, including a couple of uh, couple of commitments that have occurred. We'll get to that. Also, the latest letters from San Diego State and the Mountain West Conference will have that. But just a moment ago, uh, 365 Sports reported that Baylor linebacker, or Baylor gets a commitment from a linebacker, uh, Kaitlin Reed from Summit High School in Mansfield. He made the commitment and a four-star commitment. Grayson, of course, all over recruiting. Uh, Reed told Grayson his biggest reason for committing to Baylor was the person over player mantra or the culture that Dave Aranda and the staff have tried to, uh, I guess you could say, create. And at times, uh, we've heard that from a lot of those who have committed to play at Baylor. Also, a little bit ago, Texas Tech got themselves an edge rusher in Eddie Smith, committed to Texas Tech, uh, six foot five, or six foot six defensive end over Oklahoma State, Houston, and TCU. Reed, by the way, committed to Baylor over what I'm being told was Oklahoma State and also Utah. So a couple of notes. And there were other commitments, and of course there will be. We will have Chad Simmons today from On3.com at 3.40. We had yesterday Cole Patterson from Rivals on commitments and all that. We'll do that again today with a different eyes, a different set of eyes in, uh, in Chad Simmons at 3.40. But in about 10 minutes, Houston Athletic Director Chris Pesman. Tomorrow, I just booked Tom Homo, who is the AD at Brigham Young. He'll join us in the 5 o'clock hour. Mac Rhodes normally today will join us tomorrow at his regular time, but tomorrow at 4.20. Now, San Diego State, we went over this yesterday. The, the opening letter they sent to the, the, uh, the Mountain West Conference in the Mountain West Conference and their response uh, this is from uh, this is from San Diego State in responding to the Mountain West Conference of saying, "Okay, we now understand your intent that you'll be leaving the conference." And this still becomes kind of a legal issue. But part of this is, well, wait, we'd like to thank you for your time and professionalism. Uh, the letter we wrote on June 13th was not the official notice of resignation from the conference pursuant to the bylaws. As plainly set forth in that letter, its purpose was twofold, to request a one-month extension of time under which we could formally provide our notice of resignation and then also ask for the opportunity to discuss the exit fee because of money, of course, San Diego State has created in their runs in the NCAA men's basketball tournament. And then the conference responded, Garrett, is that right, with this. On behalf of the Board of Directors of the Mountain West Conference, I'd like to thank you for your letter dated June 15th. 
Uh, we write to inform you the conference will not approve any waiver of any requirement under the bylaws of the Mountain West Conference uh, for the avoidance of doubt and notwithstanding any decision made in a future meeting of the board. The conference expects all members to abide by the terms of the bylaws, including applicable notice deadlines. Also note that this letter is not intended to express agreement with any interpretation expressed in the second notice letter, including those concerning whether your letter dated June 13th constitutes notice of resignation under the bylaws. The conference continues to reserve all rights. So if I'm San Diego State, and I'm sure they've already done this, I'm on the phone with George Klyovkov going, hey, can we like just... Like, can, but can you speed up what may not have yeah. any kind of a speed? And there are thoughts that maybe even something could happen this week. But we've been hearing that now for months and months and months. And by God, everyone will celebrate if it happens to be this week or anytime soon. Yeah, and look, the, San Diego State, you know, was they're leave. I mean, they they're leaving, so that's going to happen. They're they're probably going to the Pac-12. Um, I heard your interview with with Jason Shear uh, last week when I was on the plane uh, the other day. And look, they they're full tilt ahead. They want to be in the Pac-12. That's what their goal is. They're full tilt ahead about not being in the Mountain West anymore. And the Mountain West is right to say, look, we're not going to give you an extension because we would like all that money. We you know, and then these things do get negotiated out over yes. over time, but. To do it, I mean, this may wind up being just a formality and they'll come to some number that's in the middle of the two. But San Diego State was trying to attempt to extend a deadline, which they don't know when they'll be asked to be in the Pac-12, which to me, um, it, it kind of just the confusing part is Pac-12, if you want them, whether they're going to be what the 11th team or the, the new 10th team or the, the, or the new 10th team or whatever it's going to be, just bring them in. I mean, at this point... I don't know, but I mean, this Pac-12 negotiation has gotten so muddled and complicated. You would think that if the Pac-12, and, and this could be wrong for the Pac-12 apologists that get on here in our chat room and they question when we report, the, we just showed you the letters. But if, if the Pac-12 is going to survive, and they have said that they are, and the presidents have made that comment, if that's the case, then offer San Diego State. My God, they're on a, uh, they're on a life raft out there now. They've put themselves, they've, they fell overboard because they believe that they're going to be added to the Pac-12. Then why would you not extend them? an official invitation because they're about to be in a very sticky situation legally because of the letters and because of June 30th is on Friday. Yeah, they we've used this a lot, but they just went to the girl. They said they were going to ask the problem and said, hey, I just broke up with my girlfriend. Can you go? And she's like, well, I got to ask my parents first. And they're like, have they said yes yet? Well, I don't know. And so it's it's weird that you know, they, they're still sitting out there and doing this. And this is a big move. It's one they had to do, uh, I guess. And, and I think everybody's just working the, the legal pathways here. But it does kind of reflect on, on how chaotic this Pac-12 thing continues to be. Well, it, it is. It is it's uh, it's got to be in some cases where maybe at some point, bam, wow, that makes sense. Or it's just kicking the can down the road. And really, honestly, I don't even care about that much anymore. But I do now, all of a sudden, San Diego, I mean, am I right? San Diego State sends a letter to the Mountain West Conference because they feel like they're going to be a part of the Pac-12. But because the Pac-12 has not yet been able to decide or show the numbers on their TV deal, they're not able to get the invitation. 
So they're asking the Mountain West Conference for a, a little extra time here. We're going to leave. That's basically, if the people could say legally, yes, they're going to leave. That's why they're asking for the extra time. If you're the Pac-12, why don't you extend the offer? What am I missing what, here? Wouldn't you? I don't understand. If it's going to be a healthy deal, then offer the damn team to come join your conference. They can turn in the letter. They've already turned in the letter, and then they don't have to worry about it, and they pay $17 million or whatever they decide it's going to be. Wouldn't they be buoyed by, a, like, a nice little boost in good news? Yeah, to me, because offering San Diego State is a sign that you will be there in existence. Now, you don't have to offer them to still be in existence, but I, I, I don't um, – I don't. Gary Wilson announcing a deal gives impression of a big number per team. Then they add teams with. Um, I, I don't. I. No one can convince me. Not George Klyovkov or anybody else. Anybody who covers or is a part of the Pac-12. You have told San Diego State you have flirted with them, just like you also remember went on a date with SMU. The SMU has not told anything to the American Conference that I know of, but. The San Diego State administration just sent a letter to the Mountain West Conference. We need, we want to leave. We're going to leave. Uh, we just need a little more time. If you're the Pac-12, offer them the invitation. And then no matter who you are, based on the numbers that Klyovkov comes up with, whatever the deal is, San Diego State will still be financially better off, whatever the number might be. Yeah, I think... This could be an everybody wins scenario, but okay, conundrum. They're putting the squeeze on the Aztecs. Who's who's they? Is the are Pac-12. you talking the conference or the Pac twelve? The Pac. Why would the Pac twelve put the squeeze on an incoming member that they've shown interest in and they've been basically all but dating? Why? Uh, why? That's not the way to start a relationship, is it? I don't no. think so. Uh, I, I I don't think so. Um, I, I I just don't understand it. If you are going to be healthy and you are going to release numbers that everybody is going to be happy with, and you have told San Diego State at all but said, you're, we, we want to add you, whether Colorado or anyone else leaves or not, invite them. And I know that legally maybe, I don't, I don't know, somebody try to help explain that to me. I did go to junior college. So help me out with that. I, I think there's people who have gone to – Harvard and Oxford and, can't figure and it out. Berkeley yeah. uh, and Stanford and have degrees that if you asked them to explain it to you, they'd be like, why don't I go and try to explain how the atom splits? That that might be yeah. a little easier than what's going on right now. Keelani, uh to think, and we have Chris Pesman here at any moment with Houston, we're going to be calling him, to think they didn't talk to each other on the phone before sending these letters is highly naive. The communication is to save face no matter what happens with San Diego State in the next few months. Yeah, I think that it's, I mean, these are legal formalities. You have to have everything in writing because the last thing that anybody would need is, look, we talked on the phone and you said, cool, bro. And then when we left, you didn't honor what you said on the phone because you need to have all that stuff in writing. So, yeah, I'm sure they are. But, again, it's just, it. I... I don't know what I expected when I, when I heard the news that San Diego State was going, uh, had sent that letter or had you know told them uh, that they were going to go. I was like, okay, cool. Then we're going to find something out here in the next couple days that would stand to reason. And it's just been a little longer than normally would think because just going back on history, when you hear that, for example, Oklahoma and Texas are joining the, the SEC, well, that was not their planned exit timeline within – 
24 to 36 hours, they were like, yeah, 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 yeah. We, we are, we are, wasn't what we wanted to do, you know, how wanted to come out this way, but yes, we are. And then when the big 12, you know, said that they were going to add schools. And then you found out those schools had applied to leave their conference within a day or so you heard, this is what we're doing. And here, poor San Diego state. And I say that they're just kind of sitting out here going, well, we're going to leave. We think we know where we're going, but we need that person to open the door. All right. But if you are the mountain West conference and we have discussed this even last week, if you're the mountain West conference and somebody says what they said in the letter, you can get into the legal intending and, or actually saying we're officially leaving. If you're the Mountain West Conference, would you want to give them extra time? No. Would you want to give them extra time? <laughs> no. Would I, you want to give them a financial break? Now, legally, they may settle a certain number just like everyone else has. But, um, I, uh, man, I, I don't quite get that. we got to get a hold of Chris Pesman here and get him on the show. And, and might even be able to, without getting too much into other people's business, get a, a, a feel for what he has to say about that. Also today, I mentioned Chad Simmons, On3 Director of Recruiting. Will Backus wrote a story today on CBSSports.com. You remember how to do that? CBSSports.com about the National Letter of Intent. Not NIL, but NLI. Uh, and some of the rules changes, and most of them appear to be very pro-student-athlete, and we'll go over that with Will today at 4. Craig's got off the radar, and then today, uh, Sam Bradshaw, and you've seen and you've heard, and Sam's been on with us many times, a lot of times the week of games to break down the upcoming opponent, but Sam Bradshaw has graphics and more on the television values, the opportunities from everything you could imagine, the angles of all the conferences in America, and of course, especially the Big 12. And speaking of the Big 12, on Saturday, official, midnight on Friday, Houston, Cincinnati, UCF, and Brigham Young will be official members of the Big 12, and Chris Pesman, the AD at Houston, joins us. The Director of Athletics joins us on 365 Sports. Uh, we've been just, you know, this is this is going to happen. You know, it's, it's going to happen. Uh, how much excitement, Chris, is there for you and the campus, the university, and the alums of Houston coming up this Saturday? Uh, it's static. It's, it's hard to put, you know, to quantify how everybody feels. Um, as you guys have heard me say before, there's some scars here, um, you know, from what happened in the past. But the, the response from everybody has been so overwhelming. You know, we've sold 6,500 new season tickets, and we still have, what, almost eight, nine weeks to go till we play football. Mm-hmm. Um, we're at 92% renewed on basketball season tickets, and we're in the middle of June, and we've got till the 30th when we close out. And we went up 50% across the board on pricing, and we're still waitlisted. It's just, I, I use those as examples to kind of quantify the, the vibe from the market and the fan base and how well everybody's responded to it. What everybody's got to remember is these are the opponents in the Big 12 are ones that, you know, they just resonate with our fans because we were in the league with a lot of those schools in the past and they're used to seeing them and playing them and having the neighborhood neighborhood rivalries where you can talk trash to your neighbor who went to Baylor or whatever. That's what, that's what everybody's so excited about and can't wait for this fall. Chris, just I mean, you mentioned the scars about getting, you know, left out of a power conference and, you know, the, the weaving that, that schools like yours, but yours in particular, have had to do to get to this point. How, how many stages of we need to get into this next level, well, maybe it's never going to happen, before it was full commitment from the university to get back on this path to get in the power conference before you did get in the Big 12? 
you know, that really it started when Renew got here um, and the alignment and the visibility and the just the importance that she placed on athletics because she knew that the role it would have as we were trying to grow the profile of the university as a whole. And, and frankly, it's played out exactly the way you imagine it would. It's like a movie script from her arrival to the investment that we've made in capital to the investment in facilities to the investment we've made in coaches, as you guys have seen what we've done with Kelvin and Dana to, to attract that level of talent here. It, it, it's worked. And then the, to reconcile that with the growth of the university at the same time. I mean, shoot, when I went to school here, you know, I graduated in 92. We were 27,000 students. We're sitting here today and we're 47,000. Those things absolutely correlate. And, you know, that's what has helped get us to this point. And, you know, now we got to make the most of it. So I've noticed, and I put up graphics of all four of the incoming schools who will join the Big 12 officially, although we basically just like put our arms around all four back in the fall of 2021 when the Big 12 reacted. Uh, but everybody's having these countdowns, these get-together, these events, these parties, these receptions, and much more. To me, Chris, what I love about that is everybody can't wait to get in. It's, it, it, even though it's been officially, really, it, it kind of was in the fall of 21. But do you get that same impression that it's, you can't and neither can the others wait to get in and the conference can't wait to have you in? Yeah, absolutely. And our peers in the conference and from the conference staff itself have been awesome. From the, from, from the time it became official, what, I guess, about 18 months ago now mm-hmm. to where we are today, everybody has been just just incredible partners and been very ingratiating to us. Now, we hope that continues in the fall when we start competing. Um, but, you know, I, I mean that tongue-in-cheek, but it's it's been exactly what you could hope for. And I, I, I'm thankful for it. And, again, we got to make the most of this chance. Chris Pesman, the director of athletics at Houston, with us on the uh, countdown to July the 1st, entry into the Big 12 on 365 Sports. Chris, do you ever consider the, not only, I mean, it's, it's you know, you've planned it, you said, hiring Kelvin Sampson and all that, but particularly basketball's run here is pretty excellent timing on getting people excited about buying new tickets as well, because you're not especially in that sport, going in wondering if you're going to be good and you can compete with these level because you've made deep NCAA tournament runs for many consecutive years now. Yeah, you know, the, here's the reality. We're sold out of basketball. We have been for the last couple of years. And that was, you know, in the American where we had some great opponents, but certainly not the strength of what we're going to have in the Big 12 game in, game out. As I mentioned, we went up 50% across the entire building in pricing. And we're at 92% renewed in the middle of the summer. And we don't play basketball for, what, another 120 days or whatever it is. That is, that is proof of, of concept. I mean, that, you couldn't paint a better picture of what it means. And the success of that program and the profile that it's given us, and it's really been, you know, it's our, it's our, it's our flag bearer as we transition into Big 12 because, you know, if there's a program for us that's probably most ready to compete day one, I would say it's basketball. And, you know, Coach would tell you the opposite. You know, we got to get ready for the Big 12, the game in, game out competition. But at least the infrastructure's in place. We've got great facilities. Um, shoot, we're doing a $5 million renovation of our practice locker room this summer. That building's six years old. But 
that came because of this opportunity that the Big 12 has provided us, the, the enthusiasm, the excitement, and the people's willingness from our donors to buy in to support us. You mentioned basketball as perhaps the one most ready, and, and, and obviously football has played against Big 12 teams. We know where they are, and, and obviously there's a lot to do there with Dana Holgerson. Where are you athletic department-wise? How, how many of the sports do you feel like are ready now, and how many do you need to tweak a little bit and kind of watch how it goes the next few months or maybe the next school year? Yeah, that's a great question. In my mind, what we've talked to our coaches about, look, if you win the Big 12 regular season or post, you know, postseason title, you're probably a top five team in the country. And I, I don't think that's a stretch, whether it's baseball, uh, basketball, football, whatever it is, softball, volleyball. If you're winning the Big 12, you're one of the top teams in the country. So what we've talked to our coaches about, and this is, this is not defeatist, loser attitude or anything like it. It's, it's reality. For us to go into the Big 12, you know, let's focus on being winning programs and getting to the postseason and then build up to compete for championships. Again, I think probably about a third of our programs are are prepared to maybe compete and maybe have a chance to sniff around, you know, playing for, uh, you know, at the top end of the conference. And I don't even want to say winning the conference, but, you know, uh, working towards that or, or, or fighting for it. I'd say about a third of them. I would tell you probably everybody else, there's going to be an acclimation period. But to me, I'm looking at them, I'm like, get to the postseason. Getting in as a G5 school, as an at-large, if you didn't win the American, it was very difficult. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, we were probably, you know, baseball got two teams in the tournament this year. Really should have been one because Tulane won their way in the tournament. Um, and you could go across the board, whether it's volleyball, softball, those sports. You know, that's where – our mindset has to be a little bit different as we get ready for this competition for the next couple of years. We used, I was, I was doing a little research on this, trying to kind of make sure my expectations were, were grounded. You look at Utah when they went into PAC 12 and I mean, they were as good as anybody at that point in football. It took them five years till they were, till they competed for the conference championship in football. I certainly don't, I'm not that patient. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I think the first couple of years have a winning record, if you if you have a plus five hundred record in the Big Twelve and you win your non conference games and again I'm talking generally you're going to get into the postseason you'll have a chance to be in the NCAA tournament whatever sport it is and that's what our our initial focus needs to be as we build to compete for championships. Chris Pezman, by the way, uh, we have a a man on the chat room that said, "Tell Pez, um, I said hello from a fellow Sigma Chi cheerleader slash walk on. He knows me." <laughs> Hopefully he doesn't shout out my name. <laughs> <laughs> I can think of a couple, and I'll save them from the embarrassment that they're probably trying to throw my way. <laughs> so uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, what's this week like? Seriously, I, obviously it's, it's very high-octane, full throttle, but what would you say on a scale of 1 to 10 right now it feels like on campus? Oh, uh, it, it, you know, it's – well, besides the fact that we're all on the surface of the sun here in Houston or in Texas <laughs> this week, you know, it's 105 outside right now, but – it's 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 as excited as I've seen this place, and I've been around this university affiliated with it since the late '80s. Um, it, it's through the roof. It's literally a ten, and you know we're going to do a toast uh, Friday night at midnight. We were trying to figure out you know what's the appropriate thing to do with it. it's Fourth of July weekend. It's hot as hell, so you know one of the good lessons that came out of the pandemic is we're like you know what, screw it, let's do a toast with everybody online, mm-hmm. open it up to anybody who wants to come and have a little bit of fun with it. 
we're going to have a sneak peek of our football facility that um, we'll break ground on after the end of the season, right after the Oklahoma State game. We're, we're breaking ground on a $140 million end zone facility for football. Great. So we'll give everybody a sneak peek to see that. Um, we're going to have some messages in there from the commissioner and our president and chancellor. So it'll be a fun night and it'll be a moment that we can all look back on and remember where we are when it happens. And, you know, to think that I have the opportunity to be in this role at this moment, speaking personally for a second is just, I'm so grateful because it's such a special time. How much has Brett Yormark, uh, how important has he been even for Houston? Obviously for the conference with what he did with the extension back in the fall, some of these ideas about Houston and Kansas playing a basketball game in Mexico, all of this, you probably knew of him, but Bob Bowlesby was there when you were offered the invitation. How much has he blown you away or how would you describe him? Brett has been a breath of fresh air, and I mean that really for the industry. From a guy that's coming from the outside in, and look, I, I worked in sports and entertainment when I was away from this for 10 years. I was the director of operations at Reliant Park. And so I knew a lot of the people in the, in the, in the outside industry. And Brett's reputation has lived up. He is an outside-the-box thinker. The aggressiveness that he leads with and the tone that is created for the Big 12 and as a league has been extraordinary. And you know what the, the value that he has placed with the, being able to get the TV deal done and the sequence that it has, you know, the street cred that he's gotten with that with everybody has been extraordinary. So it's given him the ideas he's had to monetize different aspects and create intellectual property for the league, whether it's the, the combine in Dallas for football, the, the efforts in, in, um, in Mexico and, there's some other aspects out there that we're chasing, whether it's data aggregation rights around gaming. This guy's he's thinking he's playing 3D chess is the best way I can I can summarize it. And he's doing a great job of it. And to have him in that leadership role for us, in such a volatile time in our industry as we're working through transfer portal, NIL, all these things, we can we couldn't be in better hands. Uh, you want to know where Chris Pesman gets that bulldog in him, that fight in him? Uh, he won the Wilson Whitley Fighting Heart Award back in 1992 as a player on the University of Houston football team, was a part of the team with Andre Ware uh, that won a Heisman Trophy. And and uh, that's it. I mean, Wilson Whitley is a, one of the greatest defensive linemen in the history of college football. That must mean that must have meant a great deal to you. It, it, you know, it did. And it, it, it's you saying that now is really – um, it, I got goosebumps because it's not something that it, people reference a lot, <laughs> but it was, um, you know, I, I had a really special time here at the university of Houston when I was, when I was playing as an athlete, we were, we beat everybody. I mean, probably the, the funnest game I had in college was beat a and in the dome in 1990 and they had Bucky Richardson. And for some reason they decided to start throwing the ball and we ended up coming back and, Jenkins decided to figure out how to run the ball finally, and we just shoved it down their throat and won that game. So we had a lot of really special times here, and you know, and and the ability to be here in, in a leadership role during this transition is uh, one of the high points of my life. Uh, was that game on a Thursday night? Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was one of the original Thursday night ones. Yeah, 
Yeah. So do you have any particular, like, I know you don't want to like call anybody out, but as someone who had that Southwest conference blood in them, do you have that? Like, Oh, I can't wait to see a TCU game that, that counts twice as much all that in you still, you know what that game is. <laughs> oh, I know which one it is. I know which one it is, but it only lasts for a year, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I'll tell you legitimately, all of them, but the ones that are in state, you know, you get mm-hmm. a little, there's a little something extra in those. And uh, yeah, there's one in particular that we're very much looking forward to. I know our fans are especially, yep. and I, I'd almost venture to tell you, Dana could go uh, one and 11. And if you won the right one, he'd be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that might give him give you an extra year of being more patient too. If that ended up being true. <laughs> Last thing, yeah. Kristen, I know you've given us a lot of valuable time. Uh, this is a crazy time in college athletics with the transfer portal, NIL, and, and then there's realignment, and you're a part of that because of what's going to happen officially on Saturday. How much do you still monitor what else might be happening around college football with other conferences who are trying to figure out their future? A lot. You know, I, I don't know that we're done with the movement, obviously. I mean, you know, obviously as a league, you know, we've got our eyes open um, and paying attention to what's going on because there's, you know, it feels like there's some opportunity there for us. So you, you can't, you can't ignore it because if you don't keep your eyes on the horizon, something's going to jump up and bite you. And, you know, whether it's realignment and obviously we've, we've felt the pains of, of maybe not having the ability to foresee some things that were coming, you know, 30 years ago. So, you know, I, that's a lesson that I carry forward to this day. So, make sure you're paying attention to what's going on nationally because you just don't want to be surprised if, if there's some movement that's occurring. And frankly, you know, that carried over for me as we were working through realignment, you know, candidly, when I first got here, I thought the opportunities were going to be further West. I didn't see the, I didn't see the Texas OU thing coming when it did. I thought maybe it was further out. I thought there would be opportunity in the PAC 12 just because they were, they were, they were kind of landlocked geographically from time zones and they it felt like they needed to get into a more central market um, time zone to be able to expand on their, on their, on their TV deal and the offerings that they would be able to provide the next time the TV deal opened. And then, you know, it worked out for us that there was a vacuum created when Texas and OU left and allowed us to help fill that void. And that's frankly, all we were looking for is just give us a chance. Let us get in the room and tell the story of what we've achieved and fortunately, it, it played out the right way. But you better be a, you better be paying attention to what's happening because things are moving at a pretty brisk clip. And if we don't pay attention, um, we're going to get got, and that's not going to happen on my watch. Yeah, it's all about about growing and being ready uh, to to make whatever move you can if it's available. Chris, thank you for a lot of time. Can't wait for you to be able to celebrate late into the night on Friday. Enjoy the entrance into the Big Twelve. You've been great to be a part of our show. We appreciate it. We look forward to having more and more segments with those from the University of Houston uh, throughout the next few weeks and months as well. And thank you for your time. Thank you, fellas. I really appreciate it. And again, this is some something I really enjoy. So anytime, uh, give me a call. I'm happy to be on. And we're so excited to be where we are and can't wait for it to officially be Saturday so we can uh, just keep on chugging ahead and get ready for the fall. Yes, sir. Thank you. Enjoy the week. Enjoy Saturday midnight on Friday. That's Chris Pesman. That's a really uh, filled with a lot of juice right there with Chris Pesman, University of Houston Director of Athletics with us 
on 365 Sports. You can feel that passion. Tom Homo, who is the AD at Brigham Young, will join us tomorrow. Mac is on tomorrow, not today, as we get the feel from schools around the conference uh, that uh, will be a part of the Big 12 starting up on Saturday. Craig Smoke, we're all three on the set for the first time together in two and a half months because of Paul's trip to Hawaii. Craig had to get a, a little bit done with his car. Everything come out okay? Yeah. All right, good. To good to have you. Fix. Good yeah. to have you. If you if you came in late for Chris Pesman, go back and listen to it again because I think I will too. He was fantastic. We've discussed Baylor's commitment. Texas Tech got a, uh, an edge rusher commitment. Baylor's was a linebacker. Much more to get to, including all that. Chad Simmons on 3.com, their national recruiting uh, director. He will discuss what all of this means next on 365 Sports. Stonewood Dental, Robinson, Texas, got a text earlier yesterday about my appointment that I have on July the 6th to go in and and probably get a little more work done, maintenance on my dental work, because Dr. Steve Childress wants to make sure we stay ahead of the curb after playing catch-up for years of just not really being smart enough to, man, that kind of doesn't feel right, or my gum seems swollen, or what is that that kind of tingles and getting dental work fixed? He's helped me out with that and continues to do so. Stonewood Dental in Robinson, Texas, from the time that you walk through the front door and you're greeted with a smile till the, you sit in the waiting room, and it won't be for long until somebody comes to get you, whether it's for a teeth cleaning or something more severe, you, I promise, will enjoy the experience Now, how often do we say that when we talk about visiting a dentist? You will there because they're incredible with what they do. Stonewood Dental, Dr. Steve Childress, he's my dentist in Robinson, Texas. Pizza, burgers, and Bears football. There's no place around Waco that serves them all other than Bubba's 33. Come show your green and gold and enjoy some of Waco's best food and beverages while watching your favorite team, the Bears. When real Bears fans get hungry, Bubba's 33 is the number one spot for ice-cold drinks, hand-stretched, stone-baked pizzas, and bacon-infused burgers. Join us for indoor or patio dining. Bubba's 33, Waco's restaurant and proud supporter of Baylor Bears football. Sick'em, Bears. It's Ram season at Allen Samuels in Waco, and the deals couldn't be any hotter. Shop the greatest selection of new inventory in Central Texas and save big on Ram trucks. Now offering 10% off MSRP on a new 2023 Ram 1500 Lone Star Crew Cab or get 2.9% for 72 months. The choice is yours, plus an extra $500 bonus cash to first responders. Allen Samuels in Waco is the place to shop Ram trucks. Visit today or browse online at allensamuelsdcj.com. TFNB Your Bank for Life is the official local bank of Baylor Athletics. Find out why more Central Texans are making TFNB their bank for life. Sign up for our Edge checking and savings accounts to earn interest or cash back. With five convenient locations and an award-winning mobile app, banking has never been easier. TFNB Your Bank for Life. Member FDIC. Do you or your kids get nervous about going to the dentist? Stonewood Dental, Dr. Steve Childress, he can help. I've spent a career taking care of patients who, as children, had bad experiences, and now they're adults that hate going to the dentist. If I get a kid at three years old, and they come every six months, and it's a happy experience, it's normal for them. Now they have an accident at six or seven or eight at school. Now they have a broken tooth or a trauma, and they have to come here they're used to lights, they're used to water in their mouth, they're used to experience, they already trust us. It's amazing what we can do with that kid without it being a negative thing. But if I see a six or seven or eight year old that's never been to the dentist, 
and now they have a trauma or an unfortunate, unexpected toothache, it's harder to do that for that kid and it not be somewhat of a negative experience. So bottom line is I try to teach kids and adults and teenagers and everybody the way I'd want my family treated, which is where it's a necessary part of life. You just take care of it. It doesn't have to be that big a deal. Learn more. StonewoodDashDental.com. At Ideal MRI, we feel blessed to be part of the Waco community. We're a small family business here in Central Texas. At times like this, the cost of health care has never been more important. And unfortunately, significant illnesses and injuries still occur. And that's why Ideal MRI is open and here to serve you through this difficult time. So if you need an MRI, ask your doctor about Ideal MRI. You can schedule online in minutes at IdealMRI.com or call 833-IDEAL-MRI. Johnson Realtors guide you seamlessly through the process of buying your dream home or selling your current one. Commercial, farm and ranch or residential, Camille Johnson Realtors can smoothly and successfully lead you through any transaction. With a team of 28 experienced agents who are excited about serving you, Camille Johnson Realtors services the entire greater Waco area. If you're in the market to buy or sell, contact Camille Johnson Realtors 104 Midway Center in Woodway or find them online at www.camillejohnson.com. Camille Johnson Realtors, elegant, charming, Warm. Welcome home. This is 365 Sports. The 3 o'clock hour is sponsored by Waco Custom Marketplace. Meats, sweets, Texas treats, and a cut above the rest. 425 Lake Air Drive, Waco. Congratulations to a campus of champions. LSU, after getting drummed in game two, <laughs> my God, they came back with a vengeance and just beat the tar uh, out of Florida 18-4. to That thing ended pretty quickly. When it got to be about 6-2, to you could see the uh, balloon pop for the Gators. And LSU has now won the women's national title earlier this spring, and they win the baseball national title. And they were really, really, really good in football with Brian Kelly. Men's basketball, of course, is something that needs to improve, and it will after the coaching changes and a little bit of drama surrounding that program. Chad Simmons on three sports. He's the director of recruiting uh, and joins us with Paul Catalina, Craig, and David Smoke on 365 Sports. Chad, thank you very much for the time. I know there's always a surge right before National Signing Day, but when is, in your opinion, like the biggest surge? Is it during the month of June? Is it another month? When does that happen? No, the biggest surge, I think, definitely is the month of June into July. I think, obviously, I think I kind of call, you know, I've been in this industry for about 18, 19 years. So um, I, I was in this deep before there was an early signing period. I kind of call June now the old January of recruiting where we mm-hmm. had the one signing day in February. I think June is kind of that month that sets up the month of July to become like that signing day, that old February. So I, I do think June is that month into July have a two-month thing where most of these guys, a lot of big names, you know, make their decisions. When, uh, in your opinion right now, who is this, well, who's the hot program? Who, and not just because they're in the top ten or whatever, but who do you see right now as perhaps the two or three that are, are starting to get boiling hot? Uh, you know, obviously Florida had, you know, a massive weekend, you know, a week or so ago where they had four or five guys pop in a two- or three-day span. So, obviously, Florida shot up in the on-three team rankings, too. I believe, you know, things changed so quickly. I think right now, number three in the country, obviously, Ohio State had a big weekend pulling a couple of guys from, 
Glenn High School there in Ohio, leading the way with Bryce West. And you got, of course, Georgia uh, has stayed pretty consistent uh, this year with some big names expected to pop maybe Georgia's way uh, in the coming weeks as well. So I think Florida maybe has been maybe one of those hot teams. USC has caught fire here as well here early in the summer. But it's going to be a busy, I think, very fluid uh, you know, a lot of movement, I think, in those team rankings over those next, you know, probably three to four weeks. So I would say stay tuned. But I think Florida, USC, Georgia uh, are three teams up there for sure right now. Florida, interesting in that they had a hot streak and that they're coming off a rough year. And then, of course, the whole thing with Jaden Rashada. How how have they been able to turn that around with the recruits they have coming in? Is it, is it kind of built around uh, Lagway as well coming in? Lagway is huge. You know, he is definitely the face of this recruiting class, you know, right there in Willis High School, Willis, Texas. And uh, he makes it known that he's a Florida Gator. There's been all kind of rumors circulating about at one time, what could USC flip him when they lost maybe out on Dylan Rayola? Or, you know, could A&M come in and, and try to keep him home and flip him? But he's, he's made it pretty clear to the Florida staff. Again, nothing's ever done in this industry anymore until they sign. But he's definitely reaching out to guys that are committed to Florida, guys that are looking at Florida, uh, making it known that he's here to stay with the Gators. And he's been a big part. And I think, obviously, Nate Napier also has some turnover on that staff that's done a good job, you know, getting a new receivers coach, you know, uh, D coordinator, you know, tight ends coach. Those guys went to the NFL, and uh, he had to make some quick, big decisions there. And they've done a good job uh, keeping that chemistry. And the kids, when they get kids on campus at the University of Florida, they rave about, you know, the community, the people, not just the staff, the coaching staff, but the recruiting staff the people under Napier and those coaches. So they've done a great job, I think, there, too, kind of building that continuity and making guys feel like family and very important to this this class. I'm sorry. Chad, you mentioned how long you've been in the recruiting business, and obviously a lot of things have changed, particularly in the last couple of years. Has there been a noticeable difference just in terms of, you know, the way that you hear about recruits and what they're looking for, NIL, for example, or is is it kind of the same old? It's about relationships in the end. Is is, is recruiting similar or, or vastly different from maybe a few years ago? Oh, it's definitely different. You know, obviously with the, the NIL has changed everything. You know, obviously it's, it's Every recruit is different. You know, what does it mean to them, to that family? Uh, are they about long-term goals, whether it be NIO? They're trying to cash in now on that name, image, likeness. Uh, you know, what's more important? You know, I think there's still, you know, relationships definitely matter. Uh, I think now it used to be about, all about, going back 10, 15 years ago, it was all about relationships, all about who these kids trust, who their parents want to put them in the hands of you know that goes into it as well but now it's about really two things relationships are still there but i think two things have trumped that and that's nil and player development end of the game all these guys end of the day all these guys want to be in the nil and in the nfl you know playing for the pros and getting paid on sundays then nil has become a big factor again how big depends on kind of who the recruit is and and what's most important to them but i think nil and player development, then relationships all factor in now to that decision. You know, uh, Dave Aranda and Baylor, uh, what they've done, they, they I think, have uh, a, a little small handful of commitments, but they got a 10. Uh, that's, to me, two, two handfuls. But Kylan Reed's the one who uh, uh, committed earlier today. Uh, four-star linebacker picked uh, Baylor over Utah and Oklahoma State. Do you know much about him? 
you know, heard a good bit about him. Obviously, uh, you know, Dave Arenda is known as a defensive guy. So, you know, guys want to play, you know, for him. Obviously, he had a very good career uh, with Thompson, then going to, uh, obviously, LSU. I think he's done a good job, obviously, you know, getting those guys in state to kind of, you know, buy into what he wants to do and what he's trying to build there uh, in state. You know, obviously, Kylan Reed, obviously, he's a guy that's kind of somewhat under the radar they've had on campus. They've self-evaluated. Uh, he had some some offers from schools like Oklahoma State, some more Big 12 programs, and obviously getting a the guy they still could come in and play and, and move around and be an athletic kid. I know I've talked to some of our guys about him in the past. They feel he can move, he can run. Uh, so it might be a good find for Aranda and that staff, you know, in the long run. Have you found that um, schools that did not uh... – feel comfortable recruiting nationally. Uh, so I say feel comfortable or had a percentage that, look, we want, you know, 90% of our guys to come from our state and then the other 10% will, will fill in from other places. Have felt more confident and can expand that with the transfer portal, with NIL, with all that out there now? Because before it was, if you hadn't heard of us, then we're probably not going to get you. Now it feels like schools like Oklahoma State, I hear all over the place for all over the country, and they didn't really do that before. Yeah, I think the portal, number one, has changed that. I think that's the that's the big one. Obviously, NFL, that's still evolving. There's still a lot of, you know, they're trying to, you know, make rules and this and that and the other from the federal all the way down to NCAA. And who knows what happens there in the coming years. But I think the big thing about going more national from a recruiting standpoint, I think starts with the transfer portal. And, you know, the biggest thing about colleges now is not only are they recruiting you know, the high school players, they are now also recruiting transfer portal and they have to re-recruit, you know, every January, every December, their own roster to stay, you know, and that that's the thing. It's all about these kids want to play like right away. If they don't play year one, definitely by year two, um, they're typically going to be out in the portal. So uh, I think the portal more than maybe the high school or NIL has changed more of the I guess more on going abroad to recruit nationally for schools like Oklahoma State or anyone in the country. Uh, I think that's where it starts is right there at the portal. Chad, what have you thought about the the waves Joey McGuire's been able to make? It's it's unavoidable to not see some cactus gif, I'm sure, at some point with the the commits that they've been picking up. But uh, a lot of energy out in Lubbock right now. Obviously have to you know continue proving it on the field. But what do you make of just what's sort of building out in West Texas at the moment? Yeah, like you said, a lot of excitement. You know, I think he's already rolling in with over a dozen, you know, commitments, you know, in this class. I think he's somewhere, again, I don't have it in front of me. I think he's somewhere in the top 20 or 25 for us. Again, that changes every commitment as it, as it happens. And a lot's going on, uh, right now here as we are in, in late in June. But there's definitely a lot of buzz around that program, that staff he's put together, the energy, uh, the continuity within the program. And obviously the, you know, the hot buzz recently around that, around that program is who could be next. And it's right there in Texas, the five-star wide receiver, Micah Hudson. So a lot of eyes are on him. He was one time considered maybe a Texas lean. Now that shifted the last few weeks and even last couple of months more behind the scenes about Texas Tech being a real player there for Micah Hudson. And, uh, but there is a lot of excitement, you know, a lot of buzz brewing. I say more than I've heard in quite some time around that program since McGuire's taken over. So where does Colin Simmons end up? You know, it, he's probably going to ride this thing out, but I think there, there's no doubt, there's no denying that the hot team right now is Texas. For me, that they've always been a, a top two. You know, it's been 
talk about this for what I do behind the scenes, digging with this source and that source. It's always been kind of connecting the dots. He's going to enjoy the process. He's going to have fun with the visits. He's going to have fun on social media. Uh, I think depending on who you talk to over the last three or four months, it's always been consistent for me, and that's been Texas or LSU. You know, you have schools like Alabama, Georgia, Miami, Florida, Oregon, Texas A&M. A&M, I think, has entered this race and maybe become a top three program uh, to watch with Colin Simmons. But coming off this official visit to Texas, um, I I think he's always been one that's going to end up staying somewhat close to home. Uh, I know he and his family, mainly his mother, who is very close to Colin, uh, love the staff at Texas and feel very comfortable around the people in Austin. And I think Texas, you know, is kind of setting the pace right now as that top school. Again, I don't think, you know, things change all the time. But I think right now his plan is to ride this out, make a decision in December. But I think Texas has definitely put themselves in a good position for Colin Simmons. Chad, who do you think of the four incoming Big 12 schools has the best opportunity to, to seize momentum uh, in recruiting? Who, who could potentially see the, the greatest uptick? And I know it's, a, it's an evolving landscape with Texas and OU no longer given their kind of sway to the Big 12. Uh, but Cincinnati, BYU, U of H, UCF, what kind of potential do you see uh, from, from one of those schools in particular? Well, you know, I'm from Atlanta, so I'm down here in the South. And I'll say one thing about a school I hear about a lot that's created new excitement around that program, and that's UCF. I think they've done a great job on the recruiting trail, especially this cycle, going out and getting a guy like four-star running back Stacey Gage recently. they got some guys, I think, that are some silent commitments that will come forward uh, in the next two to three weeks that will surprise some people. They're going to head-to-head with schools like Florida, Miami, Alabama for numerous players uh, this cycle. And they're not backing down. You know, Gus Malzahn put together a very good staff, a younger staff. He's hiring guys that he coached along the way uh, at Auburn and other places to come on uh, and be those, like, recruiting assistants that can connect with these recruits, get them on campus, uh, feel comfortable around the parents and the player. Uh, so, really, I-, I think UCF is definitely one to watch. We know, obviously, they play in Florida which is a hotbed for recruiting. If they can go head-to-head and win a few battles against Florida State, against Miami, against Florida, uh, and even go head-to-head with guys like Alabama that would take some of these linemen they're going after and beat them and win some of those battles, uh, they can do some damage in the Big 12. They'll be an athletic team. Obviously, Malzahn's won in the SEC in the past. I think they have a good staff at the top. Uh, And if they can get the right players and have some momentum right now, they could be one to watch in the future. Hey, Chad, thank you very much for your time. Were you out? Uh, you were at the Elite 11 competition, weren't you? I was. Was there a quarterback other than those everyone expected that jumped out at you in any way? Uh, I, I would definitely say Trevor Jackson, a kid that's from West Orange, Florida. He was one of the, you know, in our world, one of the two three-star prospects that was in that group of 22 uh, that came in with a handful of P5 offers, I think, We've already seen him add offers from schools like Miami and others since that just a week, week and a half ago. I think if he holds out and doesn't commit anytime soon, he may become one of the hottest uncommitted quarterbacks in the country the next two or three months. He's an athletic kid from Central Florida, has a big arm. I think he showed some accuracy out there, threw well off different platforms. So to me, outside of those guys like Julian Sayers, Dylan Ray Olas, the guys that were expected to perform that way, Trevor Jackson probably for me, 
was the biggest surprise. Thank you, Chad. Enjoy the rest of your day, the week, the month, and football season around the corner, and especially this grind right now with national and recruiting. Appreciate your time. That's Chad Simmons uh, on 3.com, director of uh, recruiting with us and uh, giving us his insight on the various schools. I saw just a minute ago, you know, I mentioned this yesterday, Stanford is like inside the top 10 right now, and they picked up a commitment today with a pretty good player that was looking at a, a handful of schools that were power five schools too. So they can, they've got a lot of commitments, like 25 now. And I was just kind of curious that they've jumped up. Stanford have been a part of that mix, whether eventually it floats downward because of the other uh, larger schools as far as football, crazy good schools moving up ahead of them remains to be seen. All right, when we come back, we're not done. Will Backus of CBS Sports wrote a story earlier today about NLI, National Letter of Intent, with some rules that everybody needs to know about, including the student-athletes who sign it, the schools who get it, and what are the differences now moving forward. Most of it appears to be like everything else, pro-student-athlete, and that's next on 365 Sports. City of Woodway, go to discoverwoodway.com for more information. If you want to be a part of, if you have a special event and you want to rent the Arboretum, the Pavilion, the Carling Bright Arboretum, uh, it's phenomenal from weddings and rehearsal dinners and even like business meetings, symposiums, and more. And coming up, the 4th of July parade next Tuesday, July the 4th, from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m., and it is free. Join the city of Woodway at the Woodway Public Safety Department hosting their annual 4th of July parade. Line up at 845 to the Crossroads Fellowship Church and then enjoy the uh, the uh, tournament. The parade begins at 9 o'clock in the morning. Participants encouraged to wear the red, white, and blue. Also, non-motorized bikes and skateboards are allowed. It's the city of Woodway celebrating 4th of July, Tuesday, discoverwoodway.com. In our logo and advertising, we say we are people that you can count on. What does that mean? It starts with providing a quality vehicle and quality service at a fair price. But it also means we do what we say we will do, and we treat people fairly with respect. It starts by hiring great people, good local folks who work hard with a caring attitude. Our employees are the real reason we are people that you can count on. Put us to the test and see for yourself that at Richard Car Motors, we are people you can count on. Waco Custom Marketplace is your hometown grocery store with a full-service butcher shop and baker. Hi, this is David Smoke. The butcher shop can take your customized orders for seafood, pork, and poultry and custom cut your favorite steaks from bacon-wrapped fillets to T-bone to bone-in ribeyes. Cut specifically the way you want. They have Norwegian salmon fillets, catfish fillets, sliced ham or turkey and lunch meat, variety of cheese available, and several options of sausage links. Fresh chicken breast or whole chickens, sliced bacon, pork chops, ground beef, marinated beef and chicken fajitas, and always large briskets available, plus fresh vegetables. So the great product, customer service, and family tradition of the Bauer family continues at Waco Custom Marketplace, open Monday through Saturday, a full-service butcher shop and bakery available. Waco Custom Marketplace, 425 Lake Air Drive in Waco, or WacoCustomMarketplace.com.
Baylor Scott & White Southwest Sports Medicine Orthopedics, the team physicians for Baylor Athletics, diagnosing and treating all sports-related injuries, including concussions. These specialists also provide orthopedic services for athletes and non-athletes alike. Whether it's knee or shoulder pain, a wrist injury, orthopedic spine care, and even an arthritis and total joint clinic. Trust the doctors Baylor Athletics Trust. Baylor Scott & White Southwest Sports Medicine Orthopedics wants to get you back in the game. letters in the alphabet, over 600,000 words in the dictionary, and just three of them said together can change everything. Let's order pizza. Those three words lead to dough made from scratch and three fresh signature cheeses that blanket golden crust in a heavenly melt on Marco's Pizza that'll blow your mind. So visit Marco's.com to order and stop by Marco's Pizza in Bellmead, China Spring, Woodway, and in Robinson. Marco's. Pizza lovers get it. It was broad daylight. I stepped into a gas station for five minutes to grab a snack, and just like that, my car was broken into. They made out like a bandit. My laptop, my phone, everything. I called my agent to see what could be done, and he restored my faith in humanity. My claim was processed so quickly, and I was able to recover my losses. Stop by and see our agents at one of our three McLennan County locations. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. It takes time to reach goals. It's a truth that applies to more than sports. It goes for your financial goals as well. You work hard for your money, and you deserve an investment strategy that lines up with your game plan. And Chuck Verno, your Edward Jones financial advisor, can help. If financial investments aren't putting forth the effort you desire, stop by today for a financial review. Chuck Verno, 720 North 64th Street in Waco, 254-732-1161. Edward Jones, member SIPC. This is 365 Sports. Text us at 254-339-1122. The text line is sponsored by Riverbend Liquor and Wine with the most extensive variety of craft beer in Waco. A hidden gem on Lakeshore Drive and 19th Street. Well, back to CBS Sports. What a story earlier today about any kind of rules changes or at least notifications on national letters of intent, it's kind of sometimes you get mixed up NIL, name him as likeness, NLI, national letter of intent. Will joins us on 365 Sports with Paul Craig, and I'm David Smoke. Will, what is the biggest change in your opinion? Yeah, so I think the biggest change is they allow, so if you sign an NLI and then there's a head coaching change, the big allowance now is that you don't have to request the release from your NLI um, or you still have to request it, but a school can't block it. So the big thing is when, a, when, a, when an athlete wants out of their NLI, they have to submit an official request, and the school has to grant that request. But if there's a coaching change, then that request no longer has to be granted. Um, so, or, or that request no longer can be blocked by the school. So basically, um, a coaching change, a kid can get out of the NLI pretty much automatically. Well, does this smooth out the kinks of the rule or in any way and make it better, or do you expect any kind of challenges to it? I wouldn't expect any challenges to it. I think it aligns with a lot of the stuff the NCAA is doing with the transfer portal right now, where if there's a coaching change, then kids can transfer pretty much any time they want. I don't think there will be challenges to it. I think it's you know positive towards the players, and I don't think it will cause schools too much headache uh, just because it kind of makes sense if a school or if a kid you know signs on to play for a certain coach, that coach goes elsewhere. 
they get the opportunity to go elsewhere as well if they if they so choose. Well, uh, what kind of penalty uh, are they talking about in terms of uh, you know what you can and cannot do? What are kind of the 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 guardrails, if you will, for what entails a player having to potentially sit out versus when he declares and those types of things? So if an athlete or a prospect submits a request for their release and it doesn't get granted, pretty much the only recourse that they can go through is to um, transfer or um, they could still back out of their NLI. The penalty that comes with that is they have to miss a season of football and they have to complete um, a one-year residency, a one-year academic residency at their next institution, which is basically just equivalent to sitting out of football. So they're not going to be eligible to play um, if they're not granted their release or if they you know, don't meet any of the new circumstances that were passed today. Um, so basically, they just have to sit out a year. And most colleges would probably use that as a redshirt year, so you still maintain you know, four years of eligibility with the prospect. Um, but yeah, it would just it would just delay their ability to play and get on the field by a year. You know, I've seen the the pressure of social media where someone tries to get out of a, uh, their national letter of intent, and, and this is not even if it's a coaching change, but mer- perhaps whatever reason. How is there a percentage of how many want to get out of the NLI and actually do even if they're not supposed to be? I don't know if there's an exact percentage, and I'd honestly say it's a pretty rare case to see a prospect sign with a school and then immediately request to get out of their NLI. It's not a very common thing. A lot of times what you'll see is a guy goes goes through with their NLI, spends a year at a school, and then transfers because maybe the outlook wasn't what they thought it would be. Uh, they, they got to campus and the culture maybe wasn't a fit, whatever it may be. I think it's way more common to see a guy transfer – after being at an institution for one to two years, and it is to see a kid request his release from an NLI. There have been some pretty prolific cases of NLI requests and um, actually them being granted. Uh, Jaden Rashada was a big mm-hmm. one last year. He signed with Florida, and then there was reportedly an NIL deal that fell through, and then he requested his release. It was granted, ended up at Arizona State. Um, I think that's the most high-profile one I can think of recently, but it's not a very high percentage of that happening. Well, I, I read your other column about the um, the most improved units uh, across college football, and the two that stuck out to me, you had you know five different ones, and three of them had you know a bunch of players coming in, maybe a new coach, but Notre Dame and Clemson, Notre Dame with Sam Hartman at quarterback, and Clemson with Garrett Riley, the offensive coordinator. Just that one person makes that much of a difference to them. Why did that stand out to you so much on those two in particular? Yeah, um, that's a great question. I would say with Clemson, um, bringing in a guy like Garrett Riley, one, it's a big move for Dabo Sweeney because a lot of times when he goes to replace an assistant coach, he stays in-house. He'll either promote a guy that's been, you know, uh, an, a, a position-specific assistant or an analyst or what have you. He doesn't go outside a lot to make big hires. So him, him bringing on a guy like Garrett Riley to run his offense is pretty monumental. And I think it's a huge step in the right direction for Clemson because you look at what Garrett Riley did with TCU. You know, he turned Max Duggan into a guy that didn't even really enter the year as a solidified starter. He took him and and transformed him into a Heisman finalist. You know, TCU made it to the college football playoff national championship on the back of a really great offense. He produced five NFL draft picks um, in 2023. You bring a guy like that to Clemson, who I think has recruited really well offensively. Obviously, they got a five-star quarterback, Kate Klubnick five-star running back in Will Shipley, and a wide receiver room that has a lot of talent on paper that hasn't been unlocked yet. I just think Garrett Riley's 
the perfect kind of guy to just unlock that talent and bring bring innovation that Clemson really desperately needs. And then at Notre Dame's case, obviously you bring in who I think is Notre Dame's best quarterback immediately in quite some time. I mean, I, I, I'd have to go back and think pretty hard about who's, who on paper is better than Sam Hartman than Notre Dame's had recently. And so when you bring a caliber of a guy that's thrown for almost 13,000 yards and accounted for almost 130 total touchdowns, I think that just immediately changes an offense's outlook. You could say, you know, Notre Dame lost Michael Meyer. That's a really tough loss to replace. And they don't have a ton of talent at wide receiver. But I think Sam Hartman is the kind of guy that's just going to elevate everyone around him. And he's just that big of a difference maker that Notre Dame's been missing a star quarterback, a guy that just really, you know, just can handle everything, go out there, make plays on his own, um, and elevate everyone else. And I think Sam Hartman checks all those boxes off. Will, you also mentioned the same article, the defensive units for both Oklahoma and Texas, obviously on their way out and trying to get themselves ready to go for, for SEC play here in a year. But one more go-around with the 12. And seems like defensively they're kind of coming from different places, right? Like UT was pretty good, and it appears that they just are kind of rounding out or filling out the holes, whereas Oklahoma, as you stated, and I think everybody thinks is can't be any worse, right? Um what have you thought about the approaches both have taken to try and shore up uh, that side of the football? Yeah, with Oklahoma, it's funny you point that out. You know, I, I think last year was pretty shocking because you bring on a guy like Brent Venables, who was obviously an incredible defensive coordinator for years, probably, you know, the best defensive coordinator for a really long time, a guy that turned down all kinds of coaching opportunities to stay as a defensive coordinator and finally went to Oklahoma and his first year there and the defense is pitiful. I mean, they weren't, they weren't good at all um, in pretty much every area. Um, so entering year two, I think it's, it's really interesting. And I think that they should be better because he did a really good job using the transfer portal to address really glaring areas. I mentioned their pass rush. They had 28 sacks total last season and that ranked 64th nationally. So that's, you know, approaching the bottom half of the nation in terms of the FBS school. But he went out and got a guy from Wake Forest and uh, Rondell Botheroyd who would have led Oklahoma in sacks last season. Um, he got a guy in Deshaun McCullough, who's a rising sophomore, but a former blue-chip prospect who should bring a ton of talent to edge. And I think Oklahoma also brings back some really interesting talent on their team that could get to the quarterback. So he really honed in on fixing that pass rush and making sure Oklahoma's more disruptive. And I think that should translate to a better defense. And, yeah, with Texas, you pointed out, um, Texas wasn't super active in the transfer portal, not like a lot of schools are. But they did plug some holes in their secondary with uh, Jalen Catalan, an Arkansas transfer, a guy who, if he can stay healthy, he has all-conference, maybe even all-American upside. It's just the question is, how healthy can he be? He's had pretty major injuries the past couple years, um, both of them shoulder injuries. So you worry about the shoulder. You worry if he can stand up for a whole season. But if he can, that's a huge get. And then a guy like Gavin Holmes, a corner from Wake Forest, uh, he just brings some experience to a cornerback group at Texas that's pretty young overall. They've got some experienced starters, but past that, there's not a ton of depth in terms of experience. So having a guy like that that can come in and provide experience is, is pretty big. Um, and then, yeah, Texas is in the same situation where they bring back a, a good majority of their defensive production last year. Baron Sorrell, their top sack, uh, their top sacker last year. Jalen Ford, a linebacker who was first team all Big 12 last year. So they've got They've got key pieces that are coming back, and they did a really good job of using the transfer portal strategically to kind of plug some holes. You know, the Big 12, as you know, expands to four teams officially on Saturday. We've got to 
kicked around with Texas and Oklahoma. But your thoughts about, Will, this conference that's about to add four new schools, all of them have had some success in football, especially with what Cincinnati did a couple of years ago. Brigham Young's basically a Power 5 school. It has been who they played. Your thoughts about uh, what's going to happen with the, the mixture of four teams along with the right now Texas OU and the other eight? Right. Well, I think for, you know, at least 2023, uh, I don't know if there's much of an argument that the Big 12 is the most exciting conference to watch. I mean, you've got 16 teams, and like you mentioned, you're bringing in four of the group of fives that I think it's worth just seeing how they translate to to playing on a consistent Power 5 schedule, you know, playing eight, nine, sometimes ten Power 5 games. How are they going to fare with that? And then, of course, you've got Texas and Oklahoma's swan song. You know, I think Texas and Oklahoma – if they play up to their talent and if things work out, both could compete for the Big 12 championship. The question is, you know, are they going to live up to that talent? And I think that's been the question with those schools for a while now. But if everything goes well, they could compete for the Big 12. And I'm sure both of those schools would love to, to capture a Big 12 title right before leaving. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the four new additions, I think all of them are really interesting phases. If you look at it, I think UCF is probably in the best position to have the most immediate success. I don't think any of the four are going to come out of the blue and compete for the Big 12 in the first year. But I think UCF has a pretty good shot at at least having a positive conference record and maybe making a little bit of noise, pulling off a couple upsets at home. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's just it, it's really exciting to watch what they're going to look like in 2023. And I think even beyond that, as Cincinnati, Houston, UCF, and BYU start to recruit more at a Power 5 level and start to get used to more of the Power 5 level of competition, watching how those schools develop over the years. Um, I think the Big 12 is set up really well in terms of on-field product and just what, you know, watchability and, and how exciting it'll be to tune into their game. Will, thank you. Appreciate your time. Uh, national letter of intent penalties to lighten for college athletes beginning 24-25. That's part of the story that Will has today on CBS Sports. Anything else? Yeah, I was going to say I'm all in on the uh, changing of the name, National Letter of Intent to LOI or something else. I saw you made that comment, and, and I am down for that because there's been so much NIL, NLI confusion uh, when, when talking about the topic. But uh, I did want ask one more question about uh, NLI, uh, Will, and that's like what, what do you think is kind of left out there as far as the, the freedom side of things uh, for the athlete? I mean, it seems as though whether it be transfer rules or name image likeness, Various things have kind of fallen the way of the athlete after decades of it not being that way. Is there anything else out there on the horizon that you could see changing uh, in the near future? I'm not sure if anything's immediate. I mean, I think college football is in a kind of holding pattern right now, right? Because a lot of these changes happened at once. I mean, you had the one-year transfer waiver, and then immediately after that, there was the name, image, and likeness reform. And I feel like the NCAA kind of opened up a Pandora's box a little bit with all that because now it's, you know, you've heard a lot of coaches equate it to the wild West. There's supposed to be a lot of regulations, but not a whole lot of them are happening. And so I don't know if the NCAA is going to be too keen on making any other major changes anytime in the near future until they can really sort out a lot of the changes that they've made. And I don't know if there's a whole lot that they could do in the near future to, to make it more player friendly or more angled towards the player unless they just eliminated, you know, the one-time transfer waiver and said, hey, you can transfer however much you want and you'll be eligible right away. Um, but, yeah, I just think I think the NCAA is probably going to be a little gun-shy with making any more sweeping reform just with how complicated things are now, how much outcry there's been from a lot of pretty prominent coaches about the way things are regulated and managed. 
I don't think we'll see any more movement until the NCAA could hammer out what they have right now and, and really work that through. It was like a convergence of everything at once, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, like I said, Pandora's box. I mm-hmm. mean, they, they changed everything kind of at once and it's, you know, it's been difficult to regulate it all. Well, great stuff. Very well done. The article and also your segment with us. Thank you very much. Will Backus, CBS Sports, on the story he had on CBSSports.com that the, the three changes or at least some of the nuances to uh, how athletes can get out of their national letter of intent and uh, what are the rules and or the penalties along with it. All right, when we come back, a couple of things to get to. We'll jump into the chat room a little bit today. A couple of other stories, including one Paul printed out and just gave to me. NCAA tells schools to ignore state laws when it comes to NIL. Oh, boy, this is going to end up well. Craig's off the radar a little bit later on. And then also today in the 5 o'clock hour, it will be complicated and yet very, I think, friendly for those who want to know more about Where is everything going when it comes to the TV segments and eyeballs in the upcoming football season with all the conferences? This is 365 Sports. Pioneer Steel and Pipe. Since 1943, they opened up their doors, and they have been serving Central Texans, but really more than that, people have come in from everywhere throughout the state to get the product because they have been doing business with Pioneer Steel and Pipe for so long. And then back in December, they opened up their brand new location where their uh, showroom is larger than what they had before. And they have been efficient. They have been professional. They have made sure customer service means everything and the pricing too. Pioneer Steel and Pipe with their brand new location, the 2,500 square foot showroom, but also with all the other space all the other product. Uh, in fact, several hundred new pieces of product for you, the customer, steel, pipe, metal, and more. And what they have also been able to stress is in the past, you could get steel, pipe, and metal. You could get lengths or tubing, and yet you still might have to cut it. They can do that for you before you arrive to make sure you don't have to go anywhere else to get it cut, or you don't have to cut what you're trying to get to a certain length. Their distribution lanes and the buildings of which they have their product better than ever before. Since 1943, Pioneer Still in Pipe at PioneerBoys.com. The future's bright. The time is now. College is what you make it. It's a late-night pizza run, and all-nighters coding a new project. It's having big dreams and making them a reality. It's a professor who knows your name and your story. It's preparation for your future, your calling, your life. And at Baylor, it's even more. Baylor, where lights shine bright. Petty Clinic Men's Healthcare in Woodway is now proud to offer you men... An exceptional weight management body sculpting product called semaglutide, also known as Ozempic or Wegovi. Semaglutide is an FDA-approved weight management medication. Once-a-week injections of this powerful medication offers an average body fat weight loss of 20% within the first year of treatment. In addition to body sculpting, semaglutide also normalizes blood sugars and has the clinical research proof of reducing blood pressure, cholesterol, stroke, and heart attack risk. 
If you're like most men and you have stubborn fat that will just not respond to typical diets and exercise, then help is finally here. Semaglutide, affordable, highly effective. Google search Petty Clinic Waco and reach out to the Petty Clinic team today for a free consultation with Dr. Petty to see if semaglutide is right for you. Go to PettyClinicLowT.com. Established in 2007 and independently owned, Alliance Bank Central Texas is committed to helping families and businesses meet their financial goals. From their tellers to their board of directors, they know the importance of superior service and competitive products. Customers have confidence knowing that their financial needs are in good hands. It's your bank, Alliance Bank Central Texas, with two Waco locations, 4721 Bosque Boulevard and 191 Archway Drive on Highway 84 and at AllianceBankTexas.com. Member FDI see an equal housing lender boots add protection good boots help you climb better and move forward faster and when your son or daughter steps into the boots of a u.s army officer they also learn how to lead in these boots they'll gain more confidence with expert training in one of more than 150 occupational specialties in these boots they'll stand a little taller and lead a team with diverse backgrounds and areas of expertise to successfully accomplish whatever challenge comes next in these boots they'll earn respect with valuable experience from day one that will give them solid footing for success into the future highly qualified candidates who earn a spot on our team can receive comprehensive health care coverage college tuition assistance and a bonus of up to forty thousand dollars see all the things your son or daughter can achieve in our boots at goarmy.com U.S. Army Waco Recruiting Company, 254-598-8131 or 254-776-1543. With so many companies and policies out there, it gets so confusing shopping for insurance, and I never know if I'm getting the policy that's right for me. Luckily, I met the team at the Nitchy Group Insurance Agency. With the Nitchy Group, you can go to one company and get access to coverage options from many insurance carriers, and you get to speak to a real person about your specific coverage needs. With the Nitchy Group, I know I'm getting the right coverage at the right price. If you need insurance, talk to the experts at the Nitchy Group at 1-800-258-8302. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. The 4 o'clock hour is sponsored by Boozer's Jewelers, the wedding ring store, specializing in custom jewelry and repair, all in-house. Now, here's David Smoke, Paul Catalina, and Craig Smoke. A couple of things. We're going to get to this NIL State laws in the NCAA advising schools not to uh, pay attention to state laws. We'll have that in a second. But this story was written by Richard Johnson, and this is uh, on SI.com. College football's newest coaches have interesting incentives and clauses in their contract. Now, there's also, you know, clauses for a lot of different things. But one of the clauses in Kenny Dillingham's contract is academic incentives. That's nothing new but... Arizona State's academic grade point average uh, the year before he took over was 2.56. And he starts to get major bonus money if they hit 3.0 or above. He gets 37500 if a team GPA is at 2.7. 
62500 2.8, 100000 2.9, and $150,000 if the hey. GPA gets above 3.0. Hey, the Arizona State's in the AAU right now. I mean, you can't get me running around with a 2.5 GPA and you're at your football team, you're in the AAU, right? Yeah, and the TV deal hinges on academics. <laughs> God, I'm glad everyone's together again. <laughs> Deion Sanders will earn $1.5 million out of his $5.5 million in total compensation under a clause in his contract called Development of the Student-Athlete that is broken down into $500,000 increments. So there's that with Colorado. Does that... That, and that means grades. Yes. I mean, yeah. I think it's good that they're, you know, focusing on that side of things because there is, you know, that element of schoolwork that whether people want to believe it or not does exist. And I know there's a whole other argument to be had about, you know, how much does it really sink in or how much does it matter in the end. And, you know, a lot of guys get degrees that they don't even know what they're doing and, you know, they're they're basically pointless. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe let's incentivize actually knowing what you're doing and doing well yeah. at academics. I mean, it sounds like probably a good plan considering that, you know, the argument against it is that you're going to say, like, well, 90% of guys don't e-. – well, then maybe we should concentrate on the 90% of guys who don't make the NFL yep. and make sure that they're – you know, what studying they are doing or what degree they are getting actually is worthwhile. That, that'd be a nice step forward for college athletics, yep. but – you know, there is the time commitment and all of that, so I guess the next best thing is to say, hey, make good grades and you can make some money as well. I mean, that seems to be the motivating factor for anything and everything these days. Uh, so, yeah, don't see how it can hurt here. Here are the actual increments. Support of the football program, athletes towards attainment of academic skills and development of academic culture, the welfare and development of football program student-athletes, including citizenship, supporting the football program engendered from the University of Colorado Boulder student population and the development of the football program outreach, culture, reputation on campus. So that kind of is more, I would think, up in the air on what that means. That's also another way for, well, here's another $500,000. But if they have a lot of issues and they have some, you know, if it's not a very, if it's toxic, then he's not going to get these $500,000 increments. But it does, and he also has to, he has to wear Nike even though his personal deal is with Under Armour. Yeah, well, he used to have a personal deal with Nike back in the day, so maybe that can, that can change around at one point. But uh, it, it's, it is funny to me knowing Dion is now um, you know, pushing all these academic things, considering uh, when he was a student athlete, he was the poster boy for, yep. for not. But, you know, everybody changes, and everybody's life goes in different directions. It is also probably more important for Colorado, now that they have all these high-profile athletes coming in and coming in from the transfer portal and coming in rapidly, because when you have that, a lot of times maybe some of the vetting process is not as deep because you have so much roster turnover, so you've got to take extra steps to make sure that you don't have these problems and that you know you create incentivize the coaching staff to make sure that you don't have problems on campus especially considering that you know a couple years ago you you know could have walked up somebody on campus go i play football for the for the colorado team they go do you now good for you yeah i haven't noticed uh (laughs) kenny burns at kent state listen to this one he gets five thousand dollars if the golden flashes beat Akron, and earn the Wagon Wheel Trophy, which they have played for 65 years, uh, or played 65 times since 1923, and every year since 1983, Kent State has won four straight. So if, in fact, they beat 
um, they end up beating uh, Akron. That's a $5,000 bonus for beating their rival. Wait, every year since when they've won four they've, straight? They've played 65 times, and they have played every year since 1983. Kent State has won four consecutive okay. games in the series. Yeah, I mean, beating your rival or beating, you know, certain teams and, and getting rewarded for that's nothing really new. Um, you know, I think that that's pretty commonplace. Um, and, you know, nice to have, though, an incentive in your contract to say, like, hey, if you, you know, take care of your business against this team or in this rivalry, what have you, that, you know, you're rewarded for it. Lots of lots of bells and whistles like that on these college contracts. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's great for, for those benefiting from it. Louisville's Jeff Brom. His uh, contract runs through 2028. Just it came in, of course, uh, to Louisville as they're trying to figure out a way to replace Satterwhite, who's now at Cincinnati. Uh, he came uh, Satterfield. He's now Brom, of course, now was at uh, Purdue. Automatically, his contract extends by one year if the Cardinals win seven or more games in any season during the agreement. They didn't bring him in to just kind of get the seven wins or more. Automatically extends by two years if they win 10 games or more for a maximum extension through 2030. Both of the win totals, seven or 10 wins, includes bowl games. So there's that little nugget on Jeff Brown. How about former Baylor coach Matt Rule at Nebraska? He's getting $5.5 million. He has a contract that if he's still the coach in 2030 – he would have what will escalate to $12.5 million. There aren't many, but there are enough, I guess, now that are above $10 million. Rule is set to join them on January 1st of 2027. Uh, that's only if he doesn't earn an extension from the Big Red in the meantime if they start to be successful, which they would do that if he actually got to a bowl game this year. For his sake and for your sake, Smokey, I hope that Matt Rule is still the coach in 2020 because that would be seven seasons. And I would assume... He's never been around that long. They, 2027, you yeah. mean. Yeah. You said 2020. 2020. What, 20, I said 2030. I thought that was oh, 2030. No, no, yeah. No, oh. if he's 20, you said 2020, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was 2030 that he had to. Yeah. Cause he's, he's one of those that comes into a place that struggles, builds them up, gets them to a nice level. And then usually, well, in the case of Temple to Baylor, Baylor to the NFL. And then that didn't end well. Now he's at Nebraska. I think, uh, you know, he's a guy who, who knows, you know, how to, to build things, as you mentioned, uh, pr build programs. And, you know, I hope Nebraska fans are patient enough. Lord knows they've waited long enough to get some success going, you know, and hopefully this is the time that that actually, you know, gets gets started and, and continues. And so for it to continue, yeah, that would, that would entail him, you know, not only finding some success pretty early, but then being able to carry that over over multiple years and, you know, if that's the case, then I think that he'd be well rewarded because, you know, of the situation that they've been in, the the hunger, the the just starving for some success. I, I don't think you you need a clause in that contract. I think if he were to go win some games here pretty early yep. on in the first couple of years, they'd be running to the, the front door to offer him a brand new contract. But nice to have the clause in there regardless to ensure that, you know, you are going to get yours if, in fact, you do meet certain uh, goals. But, yeah, that's that's going to be a really interesting situation to, to watch there in Lincoln with – he in Nebraska, I think, you know, we have a lot of admiration for him, a lot of respect for him and that staff. 
obviously have a lot of respect and admiration for the Nebraska football program, but you just don't know how it's going to work out in a new Big Ten, you know, or in a, this new era of NIL and, you know, who has what. And obviously he's got a lot of support there, got all the bells and whistles you could possibly want. The only thing really missing is winning games. So, um, you know, be patient, Huskers fans, and, you know, if it's like any of his other stops, eventually you're going to see the fruits of that labor. Yeah, patience is what they've learned to be in the last uh... – 15 or 20 years. Now, Alex Golish, we had Mike Kelly, USF AD on with us on Monday. He was fantastic about what they're trying to do, building that new stadium and what their hopes are. And he admitted that, you know, they haven't been ready. Uh, if USF joins a Power 5 conference and Alex Golish is the head coach, the school will renegotiate, or excuse me, the school will negotiate a raise for at least a million dollars per year of his contract. Good luck, USF, and good luck, Alex Golish, in yep. achieving that goal. They they also just got put in the AAU as well. So. Yep. And then finally, this one with Trent Dilfer. This is one I, I, I have to read this. When Dilfer is contractually required to maintain a reasonably mature and rational attitude and keep emotions in control, downplay defeats. He is also allowed to appear on Ryan Rossillo and also his podcast and also Colin Cowherd shows. Just kind of a random thing. Earlier this week, he basically Are they worried about him. Yeah, are they worried about oh, Bill him? Like Simmons, I guess. Like, yeah. I guess he's not going to be on three sixty five sports. That's it. Um, yeah. Well. Oh well. Um, hasn't he been on the show before? Or no, he wasn't on there. We had Dilferon when he was at ESPN. No, I was thinking of Goalish. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but. Uh, I, I don't know why that is. Uh, maybe contraction. I, I I don't know what would entail. You know. You can be on Ryan Rosillo, just mentioning him specifically. I, I don't know why they have that, but that's interesting and you know good for I guess fans of both that you'll likely get to hear them because there's only going to be a couple of places he'll be, yeah. you know, cleared to to appear outside of probably your regular sports center stop ins. But yeah, that's that's an interesting you know situation down there in uh, in Birmingham as well with, with Trent Dilfer at the helm of the Blazers. So yeah, good luck to him and. You know, college football is unique, and that includes the contracts. That includes basically everything about every facet of college athletics, and and that includes the deals that these guys are signing. But not that incentives are all that crazy or, you know, exclusive to college uh, by any means. But there's a couple things in there that are like, all right, that's a little, you know, unique to that guy. But basically win, keep your players out of trouble, and if you can't keep them out of trouble, just make sure it's not too extreme. And that bottom line, even if it is, you just win anyways, Urban Meyer. And, uh, you know, just uh, just win and win and don't get in trouble. And that's basically all you have to do. And you'll be A-OK in the end, most likely. One of the things Dilfer said this week uh, was he dared anybody to get into the DMs of his players. In other words, on Twitter or whatever other DMs there might be, um, I don't know about that means Facebook and Instagram, whatever, but he basically is daring anybody to get into the DMs of his players to try to take them away from his program. He said he is not worried about being blackballed by other schools, the Power 5 schools, because he likes where he is in Birmingham and he's not going anywhere. Now, again, yeah, if all of a sudden Ohio State call, which, again, that's just that's hypothetical, uh, but he's saying that. We asked Jeff Trailer that same question because he knows players have been tampered with by other schools, and he basically has contacted them directly. Yeah, he's not doing it publicly, though. Um, you know, and exactly. I think that that's something that every 
coach is probably a little bit wary of doing because, hey, if you're Jeff Trailer, are you going to be in San Antonio for the rest of your life? Probably not, right? You're going to sit there and talk bad about, let's say, Texas A&M or something, and then they you know, are opening up with a head coaching job in a couple of years, and you think, oh, that'd be great, but oh, well, you're scratched off the list because you tried to rat on them to the NCAA a couple Like, you do have to think about that, right, from his standpoint. But maybe a Trent Dilfer who's like – I'm probably never going to get offered the Ohio State job or the A&M job or whatever. And, hey, I made NFL money anyways. I'm just here to coach football and have fun. Maybe. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Maybe there is. Uh, no, I can't hear. No, you you talk. I just, uh, it just connected, yeah. Now, um, so maybe there is something to that where he, uh, you know, isn't, isn't worried about getting the big job with the big chair one day and he can just coach football and, and actually back up his threat of like, yeah, I'm going to expose you. And, and I don't know, maybe he's not saying he'll expose people, but I like that he's trying to fight back as best he can. I mean, I know it's a, it's a touchy situation for coaches because they are looking at the bigger job down the line and maybe that impacts it if you, if you talk. So weird, uh, weird rock in a hard place uh, to be in for coaches knowing – you know, that you want to keep your guys, but at the same time, there's there's just that element that it's never, yep. you know, not going to be some level of tampering no matter what the rules are. And he are. better not be doing it himself. Okay. 2024, they play at Arkansas. Not, I'm not calling this, but say Trent Dilfer goes 11-1 and one at UAB, and one of those wins is over Arkansas, and he's not worried about going anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I wonder if that that tune will change. Yeah. You know? here's, yeah. here's Xavier Wolf, by the way. 365 Sports is good fun. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you very much. And then he said, what is the definition of a DM? Wrong answers only. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I think he'd probably be careful uh, snooping around his players' DMs too much. But, uh, yeah, like that's uh, I guess that's across the board, right? Uh, whatever way you can get message behind the scenes then then i'm sure they're on top of that trying to make sure there's not some coach from another institution you know snapchatting or instagram or twitter or whatever the case may be tiktok i don't know if you do, you do t- messages on tiktok i have no idea i think we've aged out of that in this room uh for the mo- other than this side of the room actually yeah, on the desk we yeah, have we've aged we're not in the tiktok bracket but yeah. Uh, yeah, I, that's that's something that you got to be wary of. And, you know, there are all those different ways to, to get a hold of people now. You don't have to find the phone number necessarily, or you don't have to do it one certain way. There's there's any number of ways. And, and Lord knows we've seen, without probably even realizing it, every way known to man, pull a player, you know, one direction or another over these last couple of years. By the way, that interview with Chris Pesman of Houston, I just saw this from a Twitter account that follows Houston. In his interview with us on 365 Sports, shared that a sneak peek of the new football facility will be shown during Friday's celebration on YouTube and a reaction, of course, whoa, from a lot of the Houston fans on that. Now, before this, let's do this. We have about four or five minutes here, and then Craig's, we have break and then come back with Craig's off the radar. The NCAA today has told schools to ignore state laws when it comes to to the NIL. The memo was obtained and published by Sports Illustrated. This is what I thought we were talking about with our get like this is this was the, the NIL story. No, this happened me. like right before the show yeah. began. Yeah. This is and this is NIL. He was about NLI, the national yeah. NL, yeah, like you said, a letter of intent. There's the NCAA. I mean, like I guess it's worth a swing to get them to do this, but considering that most of these schools are the ones who have uh, made it known to the legislators who passed the laws that they wanted them to do this. I don't know why. For example, Texas A&M is the one that it's going to get called out the most in Texas because they have 
programs at each institution that specifically go against what the NCAA is trying to promote. And Texas just signed a bill that allows them to um, ignore those things and do what they want to do. So, I mean, Florida did as well. There's other states that have done it. But I don't understand why the NCAA thinks that uh, Texas A&M or Texas or anybody who had these rules passed, it wasn't people like alums benevolently doing it for them out there. They were, they did it at the behest of the universities and their big-time athletic departments and their big-time donors. Why they going to go, oh, well, no, no, we'll start listening to you now. Well, uh, while you were gone, we had Mac Rhodes on, and he said that in regards to the new Texas laws that Baylor was not going to be following those um, and taking advantage of those, that A&M will – duh because they they're the ones that set every new bar when it comes to okay what can we do now like what what more what can we do a little bit more like what what rule and so they're kind of always at the front of it and he's not going to follow their lead uh they're gonna play by the regular rules and uh not dabble too much i think in the extra things that you can now do uh because according to mac Rhodes, why do you remember why he said that but because the NCAA rules are not permissive of the Texas rules, like they don't coincide or or, or mesh, uh, there's there's differences there, and so to be safe rather than sorry, he said in Baylor's case specifically, and you can understand from their point of view, having dabbled with the NCAA on some previous occasions, why they'd be a little bit more leery than let's say Ohio State or Michigan to play with fire um he's not going to even attempt it he's not even going to you know get close to it whereas a&m's going to probably like soak themselves in gasoline and then you know do a front flip into it and then just you know whatever so um you know there is going to be i think different approaches to this but according to him they're playing by the ncaa rules because that's the ncaa rules no matter what the state says and obviously a&m or others feel differently and that's where the showdown is going to come into place because the states say one thing in some places and the NCAA says otherwise. And so guess what? Here in Texas or Florida or wherever, um, I'd imagine that, yeah, there's going to be some some battles over, you know, what's what can be enforced. Do you think and, this is even a blip on the radar at A&M in Texas? As no, as no. No, but like I said, they're like, you know, they'll pour – gasoline over their heads and go roll in the fire they're not scared of you know getting burnt at all but i mean as far as a baylor goes they don't have hundreds of millions of dollars just waiting in the wings at at a moment's notice to you know or or a bunch i mean they've got lawyers but i don't know that they have a monitor for things like this yeah Yeah, yeah, i know but to start battling this they're just they're not equipped the same way so you know different strokes for different folks maybe they miss out on some opportunities by not being more aggressive like some other schools or maybe they do avoid getting themselves into some trouble don't really know and that's again something that we'll we'll have to see over time if you like i'll just give the example of the state of florida ron DeSantis signed the bill and he had coaches and ad's and players right. all up there for the photo op yep. with him doing this on the well we don't care about your rules ncaa thing um and he had them all up there. So if the schools wanted it, like, why are those schools going to stop doing it? If the like the governor himself invited mm-hmm. you to the party when they changed the rule. Here, here's one of the things about the collectives that the NCAA or others get concerned with. Uh, in, in exchange for NIL collective money, for example, um, it, a fundraising arm of the Longhorn Foundation plans to offer a point system for priority tickets to donors based on how much they contribute 
to the Texas One Fund Collective. It's no different. Baylor has the Bear Foundation, where they have, I'm sure, a point system of what you donate based on what you get when it comes to priorities for tickets and suites and whatever else. But this would be for the NIL, uh, which, of course, we know goes to the student-athletes. This is just another, like, just something else Yeah, but uh, with what's going on. As Ross Dellinger pointed out from – because there's a lot more to it than just, like – hey, we're not going to do this, or hey, we're going to do that, is what is the NCAA, guys? It's the schools. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, if you don't want the rules, then create your different set of rules. And does that mean you break away from the NCAA? I think that's possibly where the answer lies is you get tired of how they're, you know, doing everything and, and their processes and their lack of, you know, power or whatever the case may be. I think just another one of those red flags that goes up that says, all right, could this be another crack in the, the shell of the NCAA that, you know, starts to grow and, you know, fester a little bit? And, you know, is this a situation where, you know, somebody is playing by a different rule or a different, um, you know, body as – you know, others stick around and still, you know, play under the NCAA umbrella. Is that where we're headed as far as this goes? Because it does feel like there's this battle that's brewing, at least right now, with the NCAA and their power and, and what they can legislate versus some schools who are really, like, starting to, you know what, like, we dare you to do something. Or yep. we're not going to listen. We're not going to play by that rule. We're going to do it this way because the state of Florida says so. And you don't like it? Well, too bad. Let's fight. I mean, that's that's all this is, is it's all just bubbling up for a showdown. And so – you know, that's uh that's very interesting that you know, but not surprising that we're headed that direction because with all the different states making their individual rules, you knew that something like this was eventually going Absolutely. to occur. Yep. And we've all been barking about having broad legislation and everybody playing by the same book. Well, they're trying to do that by saying don't adhere to your individual state laws but what's the first thing everybody reacts with? you can't tell us what to do so yeah well I, you know it remains to be seen how are they going to enforce this yeah that's no, what we need to it, see because the other part of it is you can bark 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 and we've certainly seen them bark but it's like you know is it the dog that barks and as soon as you challenge it it just shuts up and runs the other direction or is it the dog that's barking and you challenge it and it bites you you like, know on the knee it goes and, right and, your neck yeah and like takes i mean you down and the incident of most of the time has been the dog that barks and they challenge it, and it runs the other direction and yeah. hightails it. So do they have some more bite this time, some more teeth? That's what I think schools are, are wanting to, I, are going to find out. I would think the combination of Texas and Texas A&M look at this and go, okay, come on. Sure. That, that, and, and then move on. All right, coming up next, Craig Smoke off the radar. By the way, there's a story we'll get to it today or tomorrow. Shaka Smart at Marquette, a very Dave Aranda-type uh, philosophy that did not quite work for Aranda last year. But we'll discuss that at some point, hopefully today. We're not done. And Sam Bradshaw today at just after 5 with an incredible graphics presentation that is way above my head. But you want to watch it because we'll all learn from it on TV, values, segments, everything. All the conferences. This is 365 Sports. Richard Carr, Buick GMC Cadillac. They are the people that you can count on for a great vehicle and great customer service, great prices. Everything is great over at Richard Carr, no matter what you're looking to do. Uh, I myself have not bought a car over there just yet. I uh, had bought one previously to the relationship uh, with Donnie and the good folks over at Richard Carr, but I have had it over there to get body work done after a couple of uh, incidents, and they took care of me, and I will be going back 
Hopefully not in the near future. That means something else has to get fixed. And, and quite frankly, I don't really want to do that. But if I have to for some reason, then I know where I'm going, and I know that I can count on the great people over at Richard Carr and their customer service department, which is always standing by to keep you on the road, whether you're looking to get an oil change or your tires fixed up or, like me, you've got you know a hit-and-run type of a, 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 a more of a, what would you call it, an aggressive driving situation, somebody – runs into you purposely and scratches up the side of your car, you need the paint job, you need the dents taken out, they can take care of that as well. When it comes to their customer service department, go to richardcar.com. You can see their service specials and also set an appointment for quick and reliable service. But if you are in the market for a new or pre-owned vehicle, they've got both options readily available. On the new side of things, dozens of Sierra trucks on the lot. Qualified buyers can save 3000 on the 2023 Sierra SLT or SLE 1500s. You can also get 2.9% financing on the 2023 GMC Sierra base models. Uh, they'll have more information, of course, if you contact them over at the dealership, but also have the luxury SUV without the luxury price and the Buick lineup of SUVs from the 2023 Encores to the Envisions to the Enclaves. Qualified buyers can get low financing and save 2500 on Enclave premiums, 3500 on Enclave Avenirs from the Buick lineup, and also a lot full of pre-owned cars and trucks if you're not looking to go the new route. Many of those vehicles are under $20,000. They're affordable, they're thoroughly inspected, and they're ready to finance for almost any credit rating. So no matter what you're looking to do, check out the dealership that's been in business for over 24 years in Central Texas and has built a reputation during that time as the people that you can count on. Run by proud Central Texans. Log on to richardcar.com today. See their service specials. See their pre-owned vehicle specials. See the pricing on the new vehicles. Check all that out over at richardcar.com today. Or call them now or go see them now off Highway 6 at the Imperial Exit. Joined by Samantha Duvall, TexasBeefHouse.com, Director of Marketing, 4th of July. It's coming up. Uh, we've been through Father's Day, a Memorial Day before that, and now you have 4th of July. What are a couple of specials or maybe when people call, they could focus on the 4th of July weekend? So we just got a new shipment of inventory in, so we are stocked back up on our briskets or stocked back up on our ribeyes. Of course, we've got hamburger patties, jalapeno and cheese patties. Those are one of our biggest sellers. Also put together what we call the grilling package. And it's a package that gives you sirloin, filet, hamburger package, regular patties, jalapeno and cheese patties, New York strips, and some of our Wagyu garlic clink. They're fully cooked. You just throw them on the grill or put them in the oven. It's pretty amazing, the the growth of the business, TexasBeefHouse.com, just outside of Tylerman White House. Aaron Duvall, the owner, and we're talking to Samantha. To just be a part of this company and watch it grow, how impressed have you been in, in just these like recent months or in the last year or so? It's actually been pretty awesome watching us grow the last year. Um, We started this company almost six years ago, and just by word of mouth, um, it has blown up our last year. We're now shipping to all the lower 48 states. We ship Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. We also do local deliveries in our area within a 20-mile radius, and we're part of our farmer's market every Saturday here. Where is the best beef in Texas? Your house. When you order from Texas Beef House, unleash the flavor of Texas-raised Wagyu from our pasture to your plate. TexasBeefHouse.com. 
TFNB Your Bank for Life is the official local bank of Baylor Athletics. Find out why more Central Texans are making TFNB their bank for life. Sign up for our Edge checking and savings accounts to earn interest or cash back with five convenient locations and an award-winning mobile app. Banking has never been easier. TFNB Your Bank for Life. Member FDIC. Nations Brewing Company has 16 different beers on draft with a new beer every Friday. It also offers two air-conditioned tap rooms, a large indoor beer hall, a second-floor mezzanine offering a great overview of the brewing company and equipment and patio where you can relax under the shade. Plus, you can now experience the new Three Nations Beer Garden Grill on our shaded patio. Grab a cold beer and enjoy a bite from our freshly prepared and delicious menu. Street tacos, quesadillas, freshly cooked burgers and dogs, and veggie burgers too. Nachos and so much more all prepared and cooked on site. So come visit the award-winning Three Nations Brewing Company on East Vandergrip off I-35 in Carrollton. One size fits all. That may be all right for an adjustable belt or cheap sunglasses. When it comes to your financial needs, no one wants a one size fits all strategy. Cam Heathcott, your Edward Jones financial advisor, knows that his most important goals are yours. That's why we take the time to understand your needs, knowing you. That's how Edward Jones makes sense of investing. Cam Heathcott in Conroe at 936-756-7717. Edward Jones, member SIPC. is the wedding ring store and more. If you're ready to get engaged or already married and want to upgrade your wife's ring for a special anniversary, Boozers is the place to go. With the largest selection of premier quality diamond engagement rings and wedding rings in Central Texas. They have seven cases with over 300 styles of rings from top designers like Natalie Kay. Choose from yellow, white, or rose gold plus beautiful top quality loose diamonds. With an in-house jewelry, they can also custom make anything you want. Bring in a picture or drawing and let Boozers create your one-of-a-kind pendant or ring. They can even use some of your old gold and diamond jewelry to create something new. At Boozers, you'll find a great selection of quality timepieces, and Boozers is the place for expert watch maintenance and repairs, too. They specialize in expert Rolex watch repair for fine jewelry, watches, custom work, and more. Go to Boozers on Valley Mills and Lake Air Drive in Waco. Baylor Scott and White Southwest Sports Medicine Orthopedics, the team physicians for Baylor Athletics, diagnosing and treating all sports-related injuries, including concussions. These specialists also provide orthopedic services for athletes and non-athletes alike. Whether it's knee or shoulder pain, a wrist injury, orthopedic spine care, and even an arthritis and total joint clinic. Trust the doctors Baylor Athletics trust. Baylor Scott and White Southwest Sports Medicine Orthopedics wants to get you back in the game. This is Craig Smokes Off the Radar, presented by Alliance Bank. They take pride in making banking easy, AllianceBankTexas.com. All right, welcome into 
365 Sports Off the Radar segments on Tuesdays and Thursdays that uh, we might need to cancel for a majority of the rest of the summer because headlines-wise, news-wise, we have reached that point, guys. I don't know if y'all have noticed, but uh, the slow time, I think we've hit it. I think we've hit it with the end of college baseball. It's all college sports are done now. You've got just Major League Baseball. There's no NBA draft. There's Summer League, but that's very niche for, you know, your hardcore NBA fans. But beyond that, like, I might be reading some, like, Astros box scores here in a couple of weeks for for off the radar. But I do have a a couple of things, I guess, to get to from around the world of sports today. Uh, For one, uh, the LSU Florida College World Series viewership is in, and it was – uh, pretty good news if you are an SEC fan that, uh, you know, likes to brag about various milestones. Uh, certainly, if you're an LSU fan, you get to double brag because you were a part of the actual game itself and a part of the great ratings. And, oh, yeah, you also got to uh, hoist that national championship trophy. Uh, but wanted to double back and make sure I got the numbers right because there was a correction on this. Game three for LSU and Florida that saw the Tigers win the national championship, uh, garnered when all was put together, because I think the caveat initially was like, oh, well, this didn't include streaming. You know how that goes. So, like, I think with all things put together, uh, 3.56 million viewers for LSU and Florida in baseball, game number three. Damn, that's a big football number. That was uh, the highest of the series. They had 2.5-plus million in game number one that LSU won. Uh, game two, the Florida victory to push it to three games. Game two saw uh, the Gators win, get two point one nine six million, so a little bit of a dip. But then one point two million tuned back in for game number three, or an extra one point two million tuned back in for game number three. Uh, top telecast of the day on broadcast and cable overall. So yeah, very healthy number for LSU and Florida in baseball and. Now, we're just talking about the NCAA situation, and I saw, like, there's actually some great conversations happening about, well, just don't listen to their rules. And, you know, and somebody says, well, it's a voluntary organization, so if you choose to be a part of it, you have to play by their rules. And, like, that that opens up some really great conversations because it's not just like, well, we're not going to do that and we're going to break away. Like, you know, forming your own entire league takes some <laughs> like some foundation and takes some, some things to put together. You just don't do that overnight. But as we just look... No matter where you look, no matter where you look in any corner of college sports right now, there's change afoot or there's change brewing. And, uh, you know, with a healthy number like this, it makes you wonder, you know, about how lucrative maybe the future of baseball could be at the college level, at least when it comes to, let's say, the SEC, for example, given their tremendous success here as of late. But, yeah, I mean, you got to, as a college baseball fan or a college athletics fan, look at that number and go, okay, hell yeah, three-plus million for, for the College World Series? We'll take that any day. Well, and look, um, the women's basketball Final Four had a good number. The College World Series did. Uh, networks, um, I'm, I mean, part of it might be just promotional budget overall where – you know, you got to push what you got to push, but I, I think they'd be better served to just promote what they have, especially if you've lost, you know, when you lose college basketball in at the beginning of April, you should maybe push baseball a little bit more, especially on those those channels. If you're ESPN, like the SEC nah, and the ACC. I, I, I know what you're saying. I, yeah, I, I mean, don't watch much college baseball until the College World Series. Most people don't. Yeah. Now, I'm, yeah. I'm not saying that they no. – because there's diehards, especially in certain conferences, especially maybe in the South – or the West Coast, but or I'm including Texas when I say the South. But I, it's there. I'll watch a game. 
But a lot of times it's also hard to find, which then maybe well, that opens the door up if they make it more uh, available. I would also say that one of the things that probably helped uh, in this particular one, look, the Major League Baseball draft's coming up next week, right? And between LSU and Florida, that might be like – most of the first six rounds. <laughs> well, Cruz, it, it, Garrett, it's going to be Skeens will be like in the top three, right? Yeah, Skeens, Cruz, um, and that, that, that number 36 from Florida, those are the top three for sure. What about the, kid, the pitcher from Wake Forest? Is he a part of that conversation or is he draft eligible? That's a Levi question. Yeah. 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 But yeah. Um, Levi, I don't know if you saw this column because it was while you were in Europe, but uh, ESPN did a column that. LSU, if you took LSU's draft slotting, they would be their money would be more than like four teams have in their system because of mm-hmm. how good they are. And look, they're like they're fun to watch. I just think it, part of it, and I say that because sometimes you don't know. Baseball draft is hard to follow because all right, we're going to draft this kid from Modesto, California high school, and like, well, I've never heard of him, yep. and I may not see him for seven years play for my team, so you don't know. But I do think that part of that goes hand in hand. I think they'd be well to do it. Plus, I think we all need to celebrate LSU doing God's work, uh, beating, beating Florida. Florida. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, man, did, y- did y'all see the the viral tweet about Florida's baseball coach and uh, the backstory of? Uh-uh. Okay, well, look that. Have you seen that, Garrett? Have y'all I haven't, you but I'm seen intrigued. that? Okay, who was that? It was like Jack from uh, Barstool, I think. Jack McGuire or something uh, put a tweet up yesterday about learning about the backstory to Florida's baseball coach, and it's just like you talk about like super interesting, and you're like, how did I not know this already? Like, what is this just now popping up on my screen? Is just look it up. But uh, he after always segment, looks like he has something. That's bothering him. Now, he's a hell of a coach, but he always looks like he was in a very bad mood. Well, um, they were definitely in a bad mood in Gainesville last night losing that series. And, like, I didn't mean to imply that I think college baseball can go be, like, some multi-billion dollar business right. or anything like that. But I do think that there's some juice to it, and, and every year you kind of feel that. And same thing with basketball in March on the women's side. And, like, I don't know. They just don't really feel like they ever c- quite capture it. And I do think a big part of it, too, is – uh, the LSU factor. I mean, you're talking about a yep. nutty fan base uh, in the you know, nicest way I can say that, that just uh, goes at a level that a lot of others just choose not to go or, or just can't go or refuse to go. And so the massive amount of support that they get on, you know, when it comes to television eyeballs or like in attendance, it's just, it's not matched by many. And that br- brought an extra element to it. Uh, as well. So you had over 8 million people watching the College World Series, uh, and you also had nearly 25,000 fans attending over the 16 game, or excuse me, 25,000 fans, nearly the average for the 16 games, a total of 392,946 folks made their way to Omaha to watch uh, the tournament games over the past couple weeks, the most ever during the 73-year history of the event in Omaha. So big TV ratings, big turnout, and uh, can't forget either that there was also a little matter of jello shots that were involved. Speaking of records, the jello shot challenge. Despicable. One of the, the great ideas uh, in marketing, I think, in American sports here, uh, you know, that's, that's got, it's got attention for a while now, but like I just feel like in the last couple, three, four years maybe, it's it's really become kind of a side thing that you really sort of pay attention to, or maybe sickos like me do. Uh, but there is a final tally uh, when it comes to the Jello Shot Challenge. Five bucks a piece at Rocco's up there in Omaha, and LSU 
Um, well, 68,888 Jello shots were bought over the course of their time in Omaha. 68,000 plus Jello shots. Now, obviously, this wasn't like 30,000 people having two apiece. This was like the Raisin Cane's guy buying like $6,000 right. of shots and saying like divvy it up and, and all that. But no matter, $68,000 approximately from just, just from LSU, LSU fans yeah. uh, in the Jello shot challenge. Uh, the runner up was Wake Forest with 7,622 Jello shots. TCU right behind at 7,070. And then you had, let's see, Florida a little over 4,000. Oral Roberts a little over 3,000. Tennessee Tennessee was really disappointing. Yeah. Man. I know they weren't there long, but 2,200 for them. And then you had Virginia and Stanford less than 1,000, although Stanford did edge out Virginia. So, Virginia, you are Party Pooper University in Omaha this past uh, couple weeks. But 872 for the Cavs was the low. That is only 68,000 short of the LSU total over that uh, time period. So, new records and lots of money. Uh, Jello and- shots always come back to hit you. Yeah. They're going to win. They can. They're going to yeah. win. Yeah. They can. If I never was real thrilled with the taste of them, but I, I've I've experienced a handful of them. Yeah, the taste of vodka or yeah, Everclear yeah. or but, whatever yeah. else oh, you choose to put in there. Cherry, hey. cherry uh, Jello and vodka. Hey, tastes like cherry flavored vodka or the, Everclear is the what it tastes golf like. Golf tournament. Yeah. I was I was at um, at the hole with uh, some friends of mine doing jokes because that's what the group wanted us to do. The hole right next to us was way more popular because they had Jello, Jello shots, shots. Yeah, and. Um, I got pictures from the end of the day of what was happening between the two holes there at Cottonwood Creek, and believe me, it was uh, yeah. moving to the par five was not the best thing to do right after doing four Jello shots mm. on the hole right no, before it. No, can imagine. So yeah, just a lot of fun from uh, the College World Series this past week. Uh, congrats to LSU. I uh, got to go the full three games, so that was fun. Just to have one extra game uh, to you know be able to chew on before. Uh, saying goodbye for 2023, and uh, then the Jello shot side story was a lot of fun as well. So, congrats to the Tigers who swept the podium, so to speak, when it comes to the Jello shot challenge and the national championship. Meanwhile, a uh, notable uh, Baylor baseball transfer and just baseball transfer in general, uh, when it comes to all the activity that's now going on with the season wrapped up, but Big Twelve freshman All American Colby Branch, who announced a week ago that he would be. Entering the transfer portal, despite some assurances that, like, no, he's going to be around. They're planning on him being around. And then suddenly it was, nope, he's actually going to enter the portal. Well, you see there on your screens, uh, he is headed to play for the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, go dogs! excited to play in Athens. Super thankful at baseball UGA. So there's the decision by Colby Branch that we were wondering about. And I had not heard anything for a few days, and I was starting to, to wonder, and then, all of a sudden, that popped out during the uh, podcast this morning. So I looked it up, and Grayson had a very interesting reaction because he's like, I thought he said he wanted to go somewhere and win. And if you look at it, Georgia was next to last in their own division this past season. I mean, they were barely above 500. I think they were under 500 in SEC play by a good amount. And uh, the story there is, well, I'm sure there's probably some NIL accompaniment here. I'm sure there's probably some, you know, personal relationships. But George is also changing coaches and who's coming in. Well, it's LSU's Wes Johnson is their new coach, LSU's pitching coach, uh, now the the man in charge of the dogs. So he picks up Colby Branch, and uh, that is a big get for them. And, 
you know, obviously a big loss for Baylor. Paul, you you missed that, but uh, mm-hmm. not good news for Mitch Thompson and company as they try to rebuild this thing. No, and I th- it's it's it, baseball is going to be one of the weirder ones to see how much people start funneling nil dollars there, and then I think you're seeing in the if, SEC quite a bit yeah. already. And yeah. if you're a school like Baylor that already is up against it when it comes to total tuition dollars and NIL anyway, it's going to be hard for Mitch. I mean, they um, yeah, I know that all the baseball coaches are for the deregulation of your scholarship caps if you want to give full scholarships to, you know, to 25 people as long as you match it um, title nine-wise across the board. That's the rule that they want to pass, but it's not there yet. So, uh, But, yeah, schools like Baylor are going to be up against it because their tuition's more expensive, and if you can get – NIL money on top of going to a state like Georgia, which um, if you qualify for certain academic things, will pay for half your stuff anyway, uh, then it's it's almost a no-brainer for some kids. It's one of those where it doesn't really pay to be a private school, right? Yeah. Because it works against them. Yeah. Uh, and the high tuition really works against you. So, yeah, uh, Colby Branch now headed to Georgia and the, the conference – uh, that's pretty rich already. Gets a little bit richer with some more talent and a nice pickup there early on for Wes Johnson. All right, uh, just two more notes. There's so many recruiting stories around. Like it, it feels pointless to mention like one guy because there's a thousand other guys that have all, uh, you know, made their types of decisions. But I did want to make mention because I'm not sure if y'all brought it up earlier. But Latrell McCutcheon. That's just a name that I think people who have followed recruiting for a little while probably uh, can remember to some extent, but uh, he announced that he is going to be heading to the University of Houston after spending time at both USC most recently and prior to that Oklahoma. He was a guy that moved over, you know, eventually with Lincoln Riley from OU, uh, and now on his third school. I uh, was just a sophomore last year, but uh, he'll be heading to the Big Twelve and playing for Houston. And I remember him being kind of a, a coveted recruit not that long ago. So mm-hmm. nice pickup for the Cougars. And again, there's just so many stories, but that one popped out to me because I've just been following his name and there's been a lot of uh, transfer talks around in him during the course of his career. So former four-star guy um, who, yeah, like I said, was at, uh, at OU and then USC and, and now headed to the H. And then finally, uh, did you watch much of the, the match, the big golf outing with uh, – you know, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Did you watch much of that? I have maybe because whenever that's been in the past, I might have been traveling, so I may have watched it because there was nothing else really. But I did not. Is that – that was recently? I was just asking if you watched it. Oh, I thought it like it happened last night and I forgot. I've watched it – like, did you watch that one, or did you watch the uh, yeah, previous, I, like, I the Tiger? I, and I the, did. You watched the match? I did. Yeah. Okay, well, it's been pretty successful, and I guess successful enough to where they're continuing, um, you know, a series of some sort, and this time around, it will once again feature Patrick Mahomes, but a little bit of a different pairing this, this time around. Instead of it being he and Josh Allen versus Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, uh, it will now be Patrick Mahomes joined by... His Chiefs teammate and his buddy, Travis Kelsey. And they will be taking on the Splash Brothers. Steph Curry and Clay Thompson will be the other duo. The match will take place uh, Thursday, Wind Golf Club in Las Vegas. So, uh, yeah, there's a little something extracurricular uh, summer event for you to check out as the sports calendar starts to wind down a little bit. But, yeah, Mahomes and Kelsey versus... And do they have a Splash Brothers type of nickname uh, up there in Kansas City? I don't, I don't know. know. 
Not sure. Because Splash Brothers was pretty cool, and Kelsey Mahomes is enough of a parent that you think that they could probably garner a nickname at this point. But regardless, uh, the Super Bowl champs, how about that? Uh, and one of the best combinations of, in NFL history, how about that? Uh, matching up with the Splash Brothers as part of uh, the latest version of the match. So uh, that, again, taking place Thursday in Las Vegas. And uh, there's a few things off the radar. All right, Paul, you want me to share that one? Because yeah. it's awful news. I covered him. When he was at high school at Texas High, he played at Arkansas. He was in the NFL. Uh, numerous reports that former Arkansas quarterback Ryan Mallett, he's been a Whitehall high school football coach, drowned in Florida. He was 35 years old. I've got goosebumps with that. I would do that with most anybody. This story is awful. But I covered him in high school, interviewed him in high school. He won a state championship at Texas High. And it sucks that this story uh, has to be true, but it is. And so thank you, Craig, for Off the Radar and that story, former college football player at Arkansas. This is 365 Sports. Marco's Pizza. Pizza lovers. God help. Garrett, go to the break. It's time for the 4th of July sales event at Allen Samuels in Waco. And just like the weather, the deals couldn't be hotter. Save big on Ram trucks. Now offering 10% off MSRP and a new 2023 Ram 1500 Lone Star Crew Cab. That's right. Or get 2.9% for 72 months. The choice is yours. Plus an extra $500 bonus cash to first responders. Allen Samuels in Waco is the place to shop Ram trucks. Visit today or browse online at allensamuelsdcj.com. Come by. Let's be friends. Pizza, burgers, and Bears football. There's no place around Waco that serves them all other than Bubba's 33. Come show your green and gold and enjoy some of Waco's best food and beverages while watching your favorite team, the Bears. When real Bears fans get hungry, Bubba's 33 is the number one spot for ice-cold drinks, hand-stretched, stone-baked pizzas, and bacon-infused burgers. Join us for indoor or patio dining. Bubba's 33, Waco's restaurant and proud supporter of Baylor Bears football. Sick'em Bears. Baylor Scott and White Southwest Sports Medicine Orthopedics, the team physicians for Baylor Athletics, diagnosing and treating all sports-related injuries, including concussions. These specialists also provide orthopedic services for athletes and non-athletes alike. Whether it's knee or shoulder pain, a wrist injury, orthopedic spine care, and even an arthritis and total joint clinic. Trust the doctors Baylor Athletics trust. Baylor Scott and White Southwest Sports Medicine Orthopedics wants to get you back in the game. Waco Custom Marketplace is your hometown grocery store with a full-service butcher shop and baker. Hi, this is David Smoke. The butcher shop can take your customized orders for seafood, pork, and poultry and custom cut your favorite steaks from bacon-wrapped fillets to T-bone to bone-in ribeyes. Cut specifically the way you want. They have Norwegian salmon fillets, catfish fillets, sliced ham or turkey and lunch meat, variety of cheese available, and several options of sausage links. Fresh chicken breast or whole chickens, sliced bacon, pork chops, ground beef, marinated beef and chicken fajitas and always large briskets available plus fresh vegetables so the great product customer service and family tradition of the bauer family continues at waco custom marketplace open monday through saturday a full service butcher shop and bakery available waco custom marketplace 425 lake air drive in waco or waco custom marketplace.com 
When we moved to Texas, we were like fish out of water. We didn't know anyone in our neighborhood until our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent came to the house. She was so helpful and reassuring, a friendly face with that Texan hospitality I'd heard about. When we purchased a Texas Farm Bureau insurance policy, we knew we were making the right choice. We knew our family would be protected. Stop by and see our agents at one of our three McLennan County locations. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. How did Edward Jones become one of the biggest financial service companies in the world? By not acting that way. Financial strategies, one-on-one advice, it's a big difference. And that's why Brad Wilson, your Edward Jones financial advisor, makes sense of investing. Experience the difference for yourself. Brad Wilson, 250 Sharon Drive in Woodway, 254-776-4337. Edward Jones, member SIPC. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. The 5 o'clock hour is sponsored by Edward Jones Investments with financial advisor Ben Erlinson, who'll navigate you through today's financial climate. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Now here's David Smoke, Paul Catalina, and Craig Smoke. So Sam Bradshaw... He puts together these previews of Baylor football opponents, but he also has been unbelievable. He and Brian Etheridge on Sikkim365.com have been unbelievable about trying to put together and piece together knowledge on where are the availabilities for college football, for television, for streaming, and much more. Very complicated, and we're going we're gonna to bring him on, and then we have some graphics that we'll try to go through and, and Sam, thank you for your time, and Craig, Paul, and Smokey with you. First of all, uh, how much exposure can we expect from conference TV deals was the title of this particular piece. What is it trying to find out? Thanks for having me on. And as mentioned before, these deals get pretty complex for the average fan because most fans are just looking at it from the perspective of, my team, what channel are they on? Mm-hmm. Oh, I need to go to this channel. So they're not really looking at the landscape overall, but the landscape overall really determines a lot in terms of what TV deals are there to be made and how that impacts realignment and how that impacts your league's brand. How available are those games to a wide swath of audiences? So for here, you're really looking at what percentage of your games are reaching what portions of the country, and then do you have opportunities with television windows that would be expected to garner big viewership if you have a big matchup. Those were the two main thrusts of what we were looking at. And it was mainly in response to a lot of different numbers being thrown around out of context. So in the interest of just kind of getting an apples to apples comparison, we took a look at everybody. All right. You have sent Paul and Paul to Garrett graphics. So we're going to put the graphic up and we'll let you explain uh, each one of them. I'm not sure if the graphics themselves have yeah, any he, specific title. Yeah, no, he um, he gave us an order here. So right. here on the first one he sent, 2022 exposure by channel distribution. Uh, Sam, break this one down for At us. At the bottom of each of those particular uh, graphics or graphs, actually, are the conferences, by the way. So there's there's that at the bottom. Yeah, what we're looking at here is each portion of the stack bar chart represents the percentage of games that are on 
a network that has typical kind of reach. So at the very top in the darkest green, you've got ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox. Those are your over-the-air stations. They're on 120 million households plus. Then the next rung down is your ESPN, ESPN2, FS1. They're on about 90% of your cable multi-channel stations nationwide. That's about as good as cable distribution gets. The next rung down is around two-thirds. That's your CBS Sports Network, NFL Network, SEC Network, Big Ten Network, and FS2. And then after that, the next rung after that is around 50%. That's the SPNU. That is ACC Network. And then beyond that, you've got a little bit of a clutter. You've got networks like Longhorn Network or BYU TV that are really available for that fan base but aren't really national players. You've got regional TV and syndication and streaming. And, for instance, the two the bigger streaming outlets that you've seen active with college football, whether it be Peacock or the rumors of Apple getting involved with the Pac-12 or ESPN+, Plus, those are going to be kind of in that 20 million subscriber range. And then at the very bottom, you've got networks that are around 20% of uh, the multi-channel universe in terms of subscriber count. And that's the Pac-12 that's coming in at under 15 million subscribers. So just to try and get an idea of what percentage of your home game inventory, the inventory controlled by a league television contract, is getting what kind of visibility nationally. And what we can tell from here is that obviously the SEC and Big Ten have just giant visibility based off what they've done with their own networks, but also based off what they get from the over-the-air and cable networks. And then the Big 12 and ACC are kind of neck and neck for third, depending on what you make of the ACC network or what you make of their regional syndication deal versus the Big 12 having a slightly higher percentage on streaming, but also having a slightly higher percentage of games that made it uh, Fox, NBC, CBS, for instance. Then you have the Pac-12 with incredible visibility on the top half of their inventory, but not much on the bottom, and so on and so forth. I also included BYU and Notre Dame and averages of P- P5 conferences and averages of all FBS conferences. All right, so that's 2022 exposure based on the distribution. All right. What is next? What do we have next, Paul? It's uh, where the SEC, Big Ten, Big 12, and ACC project to be, since they all uh, currently have television deals. So you can see here, so Sam, go into this one right here, across the map about where the distribution lies on streaming and, and over the air. Right. The Big Ten actually had some streaming this go around because they've got, like I think, eight games to Peacock, but where they're really killing it, is that they've got between 14 and 16 games on each of CBS, NBC, and Fox. And then they'll have a certain amount of games on FS1. And then they've got all those games on Big Ten Network. They've got about as good a visibility as anybody not named Notre Dame. And then the SEC is going to be largely similar to what they've had before. They'll probably get a couple more games on ESPN2, ESPN, ESPNU, simply due to inventory changes based off the contracts ESPN is going to have. And they're effectively swapping out ABC and CBS because ABC took over those rights as part of the recent deal they have. And 
for the Big 12, I did kind of an estimate on what I thought made sense in terms of what games make sense to be potentially picked up. How many do I think is going to be streaming? I have them doing a little bit more streaming than they've done before. Typically, it's been around 27 to 29% streaming. I have them right at 30% because it's typically been just under two games per school. And I've moved them up to a full two games. But the absolute maximum I could see ESPN have a business case for would be 33% streaming because I don't believe ESPN is going to pay more per school than Fox is and broadcast fewer than Fox's 26 games, for instance. I, I don't see how they make that money up. And then from there, the ACC is largely unchanged until they can get those Raycom sub-license games back later in the decade. And at that point, it depends on what that deal looks like. And then, of course, Notre Dame is likely figures to have a pretty similar deal to what they have now whenever they re-up. Yeah, they'll have, what, two games on Peacock or something like that? I, I think, think their breakdown is six on NBC and one on Peacock, yeah. but yeah, they're going to be overwhelming network TV and then some streaming element, most likely. All right. I'm going to ask you a question only because I, I'm, I, you went, go back to that last graphic, Garrett, if you don't mind. So you're discussing that the big 12 is around 30% streaming. Uh, what is the highest number that a conference would have normally with streaming? Well, Power five or group of five is a big distinction here because with the group of five, you know, like the Sun Belt and Conference USA figure to be in the 70% of streaming, for instance, and the Americans in the high 30%, you know, it, it really depends on the deal you're striking. But then again, you've also, if you go to the next graphic, the Pac-12 does not have a deal, but there's a lot of rumors that Apple is going to have a major part to play in that. I've heard rumors of all streaming. I've heard rumors of streaming and sub-licensing as the most probable aspects. And again, these are negotiations. They can turn on a dime. Somebody could report today accurately that ESPN and Fox don't want to do a deal. And tomorrow, if the prices and the market changes make sense, they could turn around and do something. But for the purposes of this, I went with the two scenarios that I've heard tossed around the most credibly recently, which is the Pac-12 doing a streaming deal or the Pac-12 doing a streaming deal that has a sub-license com- component to it where they sell a certain number of games to a linear broadcaster. So on the left, you see an example of what their deal was in 2022. Then you have kind of what it would be if they had a full streaming deal and they dedicated 30 games, which is three for the remaining schools, which is pro rata what they had in 2022 on the Pac-12 network. Then from there, if they gave 28 games in a sub-license deal to like an ESPN or somebody with really good visibility, that's what it would look like. But it leaves very limited amounts of inventory for the streamer to work with, or you have to really reduce the inventory for the Pac-12 network which is why there's probably a good case for the farthest right column where they add two teams like an SMU or San Diego State so that they have 13 more games to play with. So they have those 13 games that they can sell. All right, so this graphic, leave it up, Garrett, if you don't mind. Future Pac-12 exposure possibilities. There's four columns. The column on Mm -hmm. the left is what they have been doing? Yes. The second column is what is being reported that is the heavily streaming with it being sub-licensed? No, all streaming is single. Also, okay. I'll, well, there's red and there's pink. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the pink is the streaming, but for the purposes of this projection, I left a certain percentage of inventory allocated to the Pac-12 network okay. because I have no idea if they contractually can shut that down or if they have costs they still have to recoup. I have no idea what their flexibility on shutting that down is. So I reduced their inventory from the 36 or 37 they've had in recent years to 30 because they lost two schools. And I use that to project everything else. Yeah, Clint Moses, who's, a, I think, Oregon State guy, uh, PAC Network visibility numbers are horrible. On streaming, the numbers will go up. Yeah, that's a, that's a safe bet. Um, you're talking about a network that has less than 50 million subscribers versus streaming services that have subscriber counts in the 20 million range. So that's 20 to 25 million range, I should say. That's probably a safe bet that it would get more visibility than they got before, but it depends on if they're able to move that inventory from the Pac-12 network. Okay, so those, because if you look here, yeah. a lot of that inventory, if they're just keeping the Pac-12 network and then simply streaming some of the inventory that was getting ESPN or FS1 or ABC or Fox, that would be a step back. Okay. All right, so the next graphic. All right, this would be... Sam, so this is if you're basing it on the last three years average, I guess three of the last four with 2020 and, and how odd that was taken out because that's, I'm sure, just a, a number uh, that doesn't make sense because it's not all the same across the board. This is the recent year averages on the exposure that they would get if everything was the same, right? Correct. That is saying out of all the games that you had broadcast, which television windows – in the data that I've got going back over a decade, the middle value, the median value, is over $2 million. So for Saturday ABC primetime, that's easily over $2 million. But for instance, Saturday ESPNU primetime is nowhere near that. That would not be included here. And the reason this is important is this is where your really big viewership games largely come from. Over the last few years, uh, I forget the exact number of years I have for this stat, but I think it's like the last three or four years that were not COVID. The number of games that got 4 million or more viewers that did not come from a window like this, there were two of them. And one of them was in zero week. And all of them used major brands like Florida, Miami, Penn State, and I forget who the final team was, but it's very rare and it takes quite a matchup to overcome that without these. So these are very important to your overall visibility to a lot of casual fans. All right, so the yellow bar is the uh, is what, Paul? The SEC. SEC. And that isn't surprising anybody. The blue bar is the Big Ten. The red is the Big 12. The mm-hmm. green, the Pac-12. And then uh, the ACC is the light blue, which is about not much difference between those three. And then it drops considerably with American Conference uh and then Notre Dame on their own <laughs> on their own and then the the purple is the Mountain West okay any other graphics good yeah, yeah this one Sam I think is the most interesting so if you applied your projection to what the Pac-12 would be uh, their number drops precipitously right and what we see is the Big 10 based off getting a lot of those CBS and NBC and and, uh, Fox windows goes up a decent amount. The SEC gets a 
a few more games just off of the expansion with Texas and Oklahoma. You know, they'll probably add 14 games to the SEC inventory. ESPN Plus and SEC Network contractual minimums will probably cut off about half of that. But then from there, the Big 12 figures to be the beneficiary because ESPN is down about 10 games in inventory among the Power 5 level because they lost 27 games from the Big 10. They lost five from BYU. And while they gained about 22 from the SEC, that's still down 10 games before you look at whether or not they retain the Pac-12, where for noon, afternoon, and primetime windows, I think the Pac-12 averaged around nine of them a year on ABC, ESPN networks. And, you know, that's not necessarily your biggest games, but there's at least a couple of those windows in there from the Pac-12. And then on Fox, you know, if the Big Ten is contractually obligated to give their over-the-air games in the noon time slot to Fox, in the afternoon time slot to CBS, and in the primetime time slot to NBC. There's a lot of Fox afternoon and primetime games for the Big 12 or any other conferences they contract with to potentially fill. I gave them only about half of what I consider that availability to be. And the Big 12 has a lot of upside here. The ACC is going to get maybe a little bit more of those big windows just with ESPN being down some inventory. But then after that, the the Pac-12 really takes it on the chin here unless they can get one of those major players, whether it be ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox, or ESPN back into the fold because that's where a lot of these big windows come from. And if they stay out, it's going to be a limited amount of opportunity for those big, big viewership games. Uh, Steve Moser, these graphs are good. Get Mr. Bradshaw some hair goop, and he's ready for the sports talk show circuit. <laughs> I don't know what the hell. Sa- Sam's usually well quaffed when no, I see him. Yeah, he is. He absolutely is. Uh, I'll read this one, but he didn't follow up on it. I asked him to. Connor, uh, who is uh, without question a, a fan of the Pac-12, but that's fine. At least he made it a few slides in before I raised an eyebrow, and I asked Connor to follow up on that. I have not seen him. Uh, has he looked at the valuation of Apple buying the Pac-12 network? That was his follow-up question. I have not looked at the valuation of Apple buying the Pac-12 network. Um, I understand that in hypotheticals they might be able to do that. I have no idea what price that would cost. I have no idea you know, they could buy a lot of the assets that the Pac-12 network has. But a lot of those technology assets, how current are they? Um, you know, it gets into how much does it cost versus buying new? What's the expected life? There's a lot of things that go into it. And then, much like I hinted at when I was doing my projections, I have no idea what kind of obligations the Pac-12 still has to fill before selling it would potentially be a good idea or a bad idea. I have no idea what their books look like in that regard. So from there, there there's possibility, but it's, it's definitely not something that I feel comfortable speculating on because I don't know enough of the inputs. Well, wouldn't it also, it would depend on what new distribution they got after they, they bought it, right? Right. You know, it's not only what are you buying, but how are you going to be able to leverage it in a way that gets you a return? Well, here's a couple of responses. I would it would save Apple 
and the pack on production, in my opinion, fiber optics, cables, and no trucks on site, all the Bay Area Production Center. Um, and then, of course, there's the Stanford alumni and Cal alumni that make up most of the Apple employees. Um, Larry Pilgrim, Pac-12, updated software. Their hardware is top-notch. And you hear about this Pac-12 network as kind of at times an albatross, right, because of the distribution issues. But thanks to the uh, responses in the chat room, uh, too. Is that it? Is there any other? Uh, no other grab? Sam, I don't know how you do it. Uh, I, uh, Paxton, by the way, you're going to fail this, this segment because you haven't been paying attention. And Japheth, I hope I get that right, uh, has uh, the, the lead student because he was giving the bulging eyeballs because he was actually reading and paying attention. So, Paxton, you are in the Sam Bradshaw dog. You wrote his name on the board? This uh-huh. is after school? Yeah, Paxton. no, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Connor Johnson, uh, shout out, Sam. So uh, that's another one from the chat room. Great show as always. Hey, Sam, thank you very much for reaching out with all that information. And uh, it will be on Sikkim 360. It is on Sikkim365.com in the premium section where you can really get even more. And Sam responds to a lot of the questions. I think Brian's in there as well with that too. And we appreciate you doing what you do. Thanks for your time. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you. That's uh, Sam Bradshaw, uh, Baylor underscore S11. Uh, I would do that with crayons. That would be that would would keep me occupied. That would absolutely keep me occupied. You think you think he'd just give you a blank one and say, "Tell me what colors you want"? Yeah, no, I would want red. I always want red, red and blue, uh, maybe purple. Uh, Paxton, what? <laughs> Paul Catalina, he just cussed you out. Uh, Paxton, I failed. All right, uh, Connor, uh, again, thanks to shout-out to Sam Bradshaw. Appreciate the follow-up questions because that's important for you to ask the questions so we could possibly as well get the answers back to you. Japheth, I will take my A-plus and run. Thank you, Japheth Cavill. All right, when we come back, Hall of Fame columnist John McClain, and this is 365 Sports. Don Chimador and Coffee Beans in the Townwest Shopping Center in between Richland Drive and also Valley Mills in Waco. I was there, and I go by there about once a week, go by and talk to Cheyenne, Ashley, and Carol. And they are really good at what they know because of the product they have with when it comes to CBD products, uh, when it comes to THC products, and also uh, they have uh, ground coffee. And you can grind the coffee right there in front of you, or they will for you when you go in to buy it. And or you could take it home and do that yourself. But they have the, the mother load is the 48 foot walk in humidor. I walked in there. It was on Saturday, early afternoon. And there were a couple of the guys in there. Cheyenne was there. Ashley was there. And they were picking out cigars, asking questions. And both of them answered every one of them about the history of the cigar, where it's from, what is the brand, what's it related to, what is the smoke, what is the flavor, so to speak, or even kind of uh, the aroma. They're amazing, Cheyenne, Ashley, and Carol. I go in there to get my cigars whenever. It could be Ashton and Macanudo one time. It could be Rocky Patel and possibly La Fontana another time. And then there's always something that I like to pick up just as something different when I play a round of golf on the weekend. It's Don Chumador and Coffee Beans in the Townwest Shopping Center in between Richland Drive and Valley Mills in Waco. In our logo and advertising, we say we are people that you can count on. What does that mean? 
It starts with providing a quality vehicle and quality service at a fair price. But it also means we do what we say we will do and we treat people fairly with respect. It starts by hiring great people, good local folks who work hard with a caring attitude. Our employees are the real reason we are people that you can count on. Put us to the test and see for yourself that at Richard Car Motors, we are people you can count on. One size fits all. That may be all right for an adjustable belt or cheap sunglasses. When it comes to your financial needs, no one wants a one size fits all strategy. Cam Heathcott, your Edward Jones financial advisor, knows that his most important goals are yours. That's why we take the time to understand your needs, knowing you. That's how Edward Jones makes sense of investing. Cam Heathcott in Conroe at 936-756-7717. Edward Jones, member SIPC. Want to know why Stonewood Dental is so successful? Listen to what happy customers have to say. It's pleasant. It's different than any other dentist's office. I really feel like they care. And it's not that you're here for two hours waiting on someone to take care of you. It's quick and easy. And, you know, I bring my kids, and my kids love being here too. They really love the treasure box. <laughs> Staff is really nice and accommodating, real friendly. You feel more like home. It's not sterile looking. Everybody has their own personalized rooms with decorations and decor, and they'll even have a blanket for you when it's cold. <laughs> I've recommended people to actually come here, and they are patients now. I really love it here. It feels like family. Learn more stonewood-dental.com. Established in 2007 and independently owned, Alliance Bank Central Texas is committed to helping families and businesses meet their financial goals. From their tellers to their board of directors, they know the importance of superior service and competitive products. Customers have confidence knowing that their financial needs are in good hands. It's your bank, Alliance Bank Central Texas, with two Waco locations, 4721 Bosque Boulevard and 191 Archway Drive on Highway 84 and at AllianceBankTexas.com. Member FDIC see an equal housing lender. At Ideal MRI, we feel blessed to be a part of the Waco community. We're a small family business right here in Central Texas, and our goal is to bring down the cost of health care while maintaining high quality. At times like this, the cost of health care has never been more important, and unfortunately, significant illnesses and injuries still occur. That's why Ideal MRI is open and here to serve you through the difficult time. We offer premium MRIs just like a hospital with state-of-the-art technology and specialists, but you'll pay less. Sometimes thousands of dollars less, whether you're using insurance or not. At Ideal MRI, we accept most insurance and there are no hidden costs. Even offering financing if that's needed, everything included in the price, and you'll not get something as a surprise in the mail later on. If you need an MRI, ask your doctor about Ideal MRI. They'll know. You can schedule an appointment safely from home online in minutes at IdealMRI.com or give us a call, 833-IDEAL-MRI, Ideal MRI. MRI.com. 
Welcome back to 365 Sports. It's time for our weekly segment with NFL Hall of Fame columnist John McClain. Brought to you by Pioneer Steel and Pipe, where customer service is their main focus and best in metal, steel, and pipe for large or small projects. With two locations in Waco and Bryan. Family owned and operated since 1943. Read John's work at sportsradio610.com. John McLean, Hall of Fame columnist with us Tuesdays in the uh, second half of the 5 o'clock hour. John, hate to bring up a, a sad story to open up with. We just got the news. I covered Ryan Mallett when he was at Texas High back in the early parts of the 2000s. An unbelievable player, Arkansas, NFL, played for a long time in the NFL. And the news that he uh, apparently drowned and died in Florida. He was a high school football coach in his second season. And, uh, you know, Ryan's a big guy, 6'6". Six, six. He said he was on a beach. I'm eager to see the details. He was a rookie in 2012 with the Patriots. And he's on a practice squad. He played with the Patriots, Texans, and the Ravens. And uh, when he was with the Texans, his record was 2-4 and four as a starter. But he's only 35 years old. That's amazing. I'd like to think he's trying to save somebody. But you never know. I felt terrible for his family. John, uh, there's not a whole lot of NFL news going on right now, but they are voting on a new NFLPA executive director. Why is it a secret who the candidates are? Geez, Paul, tell you the truth. Um, I've paid no attention to that. Once they get their collective bargaining agreement extended for 10 years, I pay no attention to the union. Uh, DeMar Smith replaced Gene Upshaw. Upshaw was wildly popular, had a great relationship with Commissioner Paul Tagliabue. And those were some big shoes for DeMar Smith to fill. I think overall he's done a good job, but he wants to retire. And there's a lot of people who want that position, including some former players. And while every team has a representative to the union, there's an executive committee that will make that decision, and I have no, I have no idea who the candidates are. John, what do you think the actual market's like for Dalvin Cook? Uh, you see a lot of headlines. I know though that that can be the agent working, you know, the channels to try and, you know, have a perceived interest out there. But but how much actual interest do you think there is in Dalvin Cook? Well, you're right about that, Craig. About the agents and the agents have to leak stories to make it look like. Teams are interested, and there are teams interested in him, but it's got to be at their price. There's talk the Dolphins have made him an offer. The Jets are interested. The Broncos, if he's smart, he's going to go to a team like the Dolphins or the Jets. Jets got Brees Hall coming off major knee surgery, but they've got two running backs. Dolphins are very talented, have a great passing game as long as Tua Tungvaloa is healthy, and he's always hurt. Uh, every season he's been hurt and he's been working with judo experts about how to help him fall and to keep to help him avoid concussions. So I think Dalvin Cook should go there because they have great passing game and they have a good running game. But um, if I'm him, I'm going to Miami. He's from South Florida. He played at Florida State. So he's not going to get a long-term contract. Running backs don't. But uh, whoever gets him should be able to get a productive player who can run and catch and can have breakaway runs, too, for at least a couple of years. 
So, John, I mean, there there are a lot of you know, running backs that are you know do extensions based on other positions in the NFL and what they would. You know, Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley are all saying that they want one. Austin Eckler, um, you know, tried to you know tried to you know throw his weight around around the draft, and it all it didn't work out for him. Will it work out for Barkley or Jacobs, or is this just the barking that they have to do to the inevitable sign the franchise tender and, and hope for the best? Paul, they can get extensions. That's not a problem. problem they're not getting extension offers for the kind of money they're hoping to get because the running back position in general uh, doesn't have a lot of stability. And I'm not really sure why because everything's got two. You know, used to, you'd see these guys touch the ball 400 times a season. That was almost a kiss of death. But still, you've seen LaDainian Tomlinson play for years. And, but for whatever reason today, when they start to make money, they get rid of them because you can get younger, cheaper, who can be productive. And today, if you're one dimensional and you're not a good receiver or you struggle against the blitz, you're not long for the running back world. And I think some guys just have to come to reality. I'm only going to get 10 million a year and quit whining about it. Take it. Try to get a lot of incentives based on your performance and the team's performance and maybe cash in on a couple of more million. Paul, do you have anything else NFL wise? No. John, uh, what's the, I guess the alarm level right now surrounding the Astros and uh, in particular, Rafael Montero. I wrote a column today that's on our website, sportsradio610.com, where there's no paywall about the next time Dusty Baker picks up the phone in the dugout and calls the bullpen to get Montoya, I mean Montero up, hang up, slam down the phone. <laughs> that guy has been awful last year. He was outstanding during the season. He was magnificent in the playoffs, signed a $34 million contract, hadn't done squat. And Dusty says he's speaking with him. Well, why? Nobody else would call him at this point. They've got pitchers, relief pitchers, who are not pitching as well as last season. They had the best bullpen in baseball last season. It looked like at one point they would too, but they've been too inconsistent. Their best relievers, Hector Nearest, with a 1.13 ERA, they have three good starters. Four-starter GP France is a 28-year-old rookie, and he's pitching better than anyone anticipated. And they're just keeping their fingers crossed. And Jose Aquiti, who won 12 games in regular season, and then they'll get to pitch the playoffs because they were too deep that he can come back. But they got hitters, too. And Jose Abreu, their first baseman, our big free agent signing, he has been a huge disappointment. And uh, all their diehard fans, their excuse-making fans, They'll say, hey, it's just June. The Astros will come back. They don't have the talent. They don't have the healthy talent that they had last year. You know, they've got four coming up with the Rangers and Arlington. Then they'll have another series against them. they got ten left. They can't afford to lose three out of four of the Rangers. And it seems like every time the Rangers hit a little slump, the Astros can't take advantage of it. Yeah, yeah the Rangers had a bump the, the last couple of nights. You know, they, they – Lost, in fact, Detroit beat them up pretty good last night, but it's still a five-game lead. And the Angels, perhaps, are the team to watch in the West with what they're doing with Otani 
having such an incredibly monstrous year. All right, John, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. He didn't. Oh, he didn't did. say. He didn't say sickum. Sick oh, no. all right, sickum from uh, John McClain. All right, this real quick story. Then we come back with Paul's top five. So remember when we asked Dave Aranda, and I remember sitting down with him and asking about the transfer portal, and they were not very active in the transfer portal. Yes, they've gotten Siaka Ika, and they've had others, but the wide receiver position entering twenty twenty two. The, the question was, why would they not have gone out and found some players in the portal? And do you guys remember what he said to me? He wanted to give those who were on the roster a chance to prove themselves and believe in what basically is the culture of the team, that they were more, they wanted to rely on them and give them more of a chance than bringing in somebody new, even if somebody new might have been better. It didn't work very well because we saw what happened with the offense. Shaka Smart at Marquette. Uh, the culture of improvement instead of transfers. Same thing. Uh, that doesn't mean we wouldn't take a guy or never would, but with our emphasis on how we want to be culturally, the transactional nature of taking transfers also probably makes it less appealing for transfers who look at us or us looking at them. That he wants to rely instead on who he has a year coming back of experience or not, or maybe somebody gets better or coach him better rather than bring in transfers. Yeah, but they were in on a couple of guys, too, and didn't get them. So it's not like he didn't didn't go after transfers at all. Smart Um, is one of just two high major coaches who was not brought in a transfer in the first two cycles of new immediate eligibility world with Tom Izzo, the other. I mean, but he still put his toe in the water and hasn't done it. He probably hasn't been as aggressive, but I do think that will change for him, especially, you know. You know what some... changes when you need something? Yeah. Yeah, it, that, that has a lot to do with it. But it, it reminded me of the Aranda comment that he made about the wide receivers relying on who he had on the roster, hoping that they would get better, more mature, physically better, uh, and, and it didn't work. Well, that was a mistake, and uh... – I'm sure he would chalk that up and acknowledge that that was a mistake in hindsight. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, how many transfers have they brought in this offseason? A chunk. Uh, like 12 yeah, guys. A chunk. Uh, so, so much for that, huh? Yep. I mean, you know, Keytron Jackson was really the only receiver, and they brought in other guys prior to that. They might not have been high-profile guys like that receiver, but, um, you know, their group last year was kind of a combination of, of things, and, um, yeah, probably could have used a couple, you know, transfer guys. Maybe it wouldn't have mattered in the long run, given the quarterback play and just the the offense overall. In terms of the the passing game, it, it might not have made a difference, uh, but certainly it didn't help improve the morale or the feel around the team. Uh, if anything, they could have used an influx of some guys that maybe would have improved it. Um, based on the way it felt by the end of the year. So yeah, you know, sometimes you think certain ways and. You know, you're open-minded enough to change those ways if you realize that you were wrong. And, uh, you know, maybe it's t- it's better to do it differently the next time around. Um, they didn't go out and grab, like, five guys in the portal. There's Keytron Jackson. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, that's just a mistake, and you learn from it. So, yeah, you got to got to do that sometimes. All right, when we come back, it's been three months, but Paul Catalina and Top 5 is next. The future's bright. The time is now. College is what you make it. It's a late night pizza run and all nighters coding a new project. It's having big dreams and making them a reality. 
It's a professor who knows your name and your story. It's preparation for your future, your calling, your life. And at Baylor, it's even more. Baylor, where lights shine bright. Joined by Samantha Duvall, TexasBeefHouse.com, Director of Marketing. Fourth of July, it's coming up. Uh, we've been through Father's Day, a Memorial Day before that, and now you have Fourth of July. What are a couple of specials, or maybe when people call, they could focus on the Fourth of July weekend? So we just got a new shipment of inventory in, so we are stocked back up on our briskets. We're stocked back up on our ribeyes. Of course, we've got hamburger patties, jalapeno and cheese patties. Those are one of our biggest sellers. Also put together what we call the grilling package. And it's a package that gives you sirloin, filet, hamburger package, regular patties, jalapeno and cheese patties, New York strip, and some of our Wagyu garlic clink. They're fully cooked. You just throw them on the grill or put them in the oven. Where is the best beef in Texas? Your house. When you order from Texas Beef House, unleash the flavor of Texas raised Wagyu from our pasture to your plate. TexasBeefHouse.com. Let Camille Johnson Realtors guide you seamlessly through the process of buying your dream home or selling your current one. Commercial, farm and ranch, or residential, Camille Johnson Realtors can smoothly and successfully lead you through any transaction. With a team of 28 experienced agents who are excited about serving you, Camille Johnson Realtors services the entire greater Waco area. If you're in the market to buy or sell, contact Camille Johnson Realtors, 104 Midway Center in Woodway, or find them online at www.camillejohnson.com. Camille Johnson Realtors, elegant, charming. Welcome home. Stepping into a new pair of boots is great, but stepping into the boots of a U.S. Army officer can also add confidence and leadership skills to your son or daughter's career path. There are more than 150 occupational specialties to help them find the best fit for their future. See all the things your son or daughter can achieve in our boots at GoArmy.com. U.S. Army Waco Recruiting Company, 254-598-8131 or 254-776-1543. There are 26 letters in the alphabet, over 600,000 words in the dictionary, and just three of them said together can change everything. Let's order pizza. Those three words lead to dough made from scratch and three fresh signature cheeses that blanket golden crust in a heavenly melt on Marco's Pizza that'll blow your mind. So visit Marco's.com to order and stop by Marco's Pizza in Bellmead, China Spring, Woodway, and in Robinson. Marco's. Pizza lovers get it. Did you know that one out of every four men have symptomatic low levels of testosterone and don't even know it? And if you think you're too young to worry about it, guess again. Low T levels can make you feel tired and grumpy, raise your cholesterol, and cause weight gain. Petty Clinic Low T can set up same-day blood screening and results. So if you're tired of being tired, call or go online at PettyClinicLowT.com. It's a private clinic with an atmosphere catering to men. Affordable, only $165 a month, including lab work, office consultation, testosterone injections, and follow-up visits compared to $300 or more a month in Dallas or Austin, and you don't have to drive 90 miles one way or the other and fight the traffic. Petty Clinic Low T has board-certified physician consultations and will provide the best form of brand-strength testosterone. Contact Petty Clinic Low T for increased energy, improvement in sexual desire and performance, mood, concentration, even a decrease in body and belly fat. Just off Highway 84 and Old Hewitt Drive in Woodway, PettyClinicLowT.com.
time for Paul Catalina's Top 5. Brought to you by Texas Beef House. Where's the best beef in Texas? Your house when you order from Texas Beef House. Unleash the flavor of Texas raised Wagyu. From our pasture to your plate, TexasBeefHouse.com. Top 5 current, the best current dynasties. I was going to do top 5 topics I missed talking about while I was gone, but I didn't want it to be dated immediately once I we put it on YouTube. So I, I wanted to especially throw out some, you know, some some love to one of the schools on the list who who just got on here not just because of what they did last night, but still uh, LSU's one of them. Yeah, LSU's one of them. You I'll, just gave I'll it away. say that. But All right. um it would have devolved into me just ripping Bill Hancock for the whole segment. Uh, so I didn't want to do that either. Uh, but number five, Alabama football. Look, they haven't won a title in a couple years, but they're still in there. And if the worst thing you can say about an Alabama football season is they had two losses on the last possession of the game. On the road, right? Uh, on the road. Um, look, and they didn't look like completely themselves last year, but they found a way except against LSU and Tennessee. Uh, and that found them outside of the playoff picture. If they have that same season one year from now, They'll be in the playoff, and everybody will be sad about it because they'll have an opportunity to to win the national championship again. So um, they're still, you know, one of the best going. Only at fifth on this list, just because it's been a couple years since they've actually physically gotten to hoist a trophy. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's there's no end in sight right now for them, but there are a lot more threats than there've ever been before, mm-hmm. uh, including within their own conference. Uh, whether that be LSU, um, you know, winning the West or Georgia winning the whole dadgum thing, you know, and now here comes Texas and OU, and I know that's not going to make Bama fans flinch, but, I mean, it is another new era that's about to start up, and, shoot, we don't have any idea if Hugh Freeze gets Auburn rolling again or Billy Napier figures it out at Florida or something. Like, we don't know the next team, Shane Beamer out in Columbia, uh, who could, you know, cause some chaos as well. But, yeah, I mean, they're still at the tippity-top, but – Georgia's had something to say about that here recently. Yeah. Now, look, the the next four on this list are, are kind of obvious, but they have been doing it for a little bit now, depending on the, your stretch. But number four, UConn men's basketball. Look, we can talk about what UConn's women's basketball. They're, Gino Ariyama is fantastic. But the men's basketball team in the last 20 years has won four titles with three different head coaches. And they do get left out of the dynasty conversation quite a bit. And this is not just dynasty of your immediate run this is to me uh, a team that can go through change and then rebound and be what what everybody expects them to be again and UConn's men's basketball now winning for the fourth time with a third different head coach completely fits that bill and now that they've won in the uh, NIL and transfer portal era uh, the floodgates going to be open for them to do it again probably pretty soon you know it's hard to imagine UConn women's basketball has now not won a title since 2016 when they were on that incredible streak. Uh, They haven't played but one of the other years have they been in the finals, and that was two years ago losing to South Carolina. It is really kind of dried up for them. Well, and look, that's good news for women's That's good news for women's basketball. Yeah, it is. It really is because it means that you're going to have a different thing when you tune in every time. But UConn men's basketball, uh, and I think Danny Hurley uh, has them. Obviously, they're the defending national champions, but I think he'll have them on a crazy ascendancy here coming up. Yeah, you know, obviously the defending champs, and as you said, they've done it kind of in, you know, different eras, uh, so to speak. But for a long time now, you know, getting a little bit of that, Big 12 rumor mill buzz going. I don't know how realistic any of that 
actually is. I, you know, understand the appeal, and at the same time, I understand the wanting to run away from that idea as fast as freaking possible, especially if you're UConn and you just won a men's basketball national championship. It's the same concept of, like, why would Oregon and Washington leave a 10-team league when there's an expanded playoff? to make it harder to get in the playoff when they'd basically have a layup every couple of years and kind of the, you know, with UConn, I know it's different because of the format and all of that, but they just won the title. Like you don't need to go improve the basketball side of things. No. Like that's not where you're lacking clearly. So, you know, that's uh that's something that, you know, I guess boils down to, to money and exposure and everything. But yeah, they've, they've been at it a long time. They've been super consistent and have thrived in, you know, whether you're looking at NBA players or, championships whatever um and multiple coaches makes it very impressive number three lsu baseball it only takes every couple years before an lsu team seems to cycle their way through in to running through the college world series and this series the the three game series they played against the gators was really intriguing and that they had you know a nail biter in game one and then a florida Bolt race in game two, and then LSU didn't take that well and and returned the favor in game three and won the title. But uh, LSU's now gone through you know a couple of coaches uh, here after you know the you know the Skip um, Bertrand retired. I mean, so they've they've gone through it, and here they are back on top again. And that's just what the Tigers do is is win the College World Series. And this is the team on this list that I am the most as a fan insanely jealous of because. I very much enjoy college baseball, and my team yeah, no, uh, is the is the one that's always they, knocking at the door and can't get in. They bypassed Texas, who we know has been incredibly successful in Omaha. They now have the second most national titles with seven only behind USC. And USC, it's been a while uh, when when uh, they had unbelievable names coming through that system. How long to say last for one. USC? It was ninety eight. That's when they yeah, last won a championship. Okay, it's been twenty four years, twenty five years. Yeah. Yeah. So they've sat there and still have some room to sit a little while longer without adding to that, but not much longer, um, you know. But if LSU is going to do it at every ten year type of a clip, because that was, you know, it's been a while since that last one before this one. But uh, yeah, they've they've been rolling, man. Um, in every sport, it's been super impressive, and uh, you know the SECs really, you know, get tired of saying it because it just it's like ad nauseum. But uh, they've really, you know, wrapped their hands around. Baseball uh, here over these last several years in terms of being, you know, the team having a team, you know, on top of the mountain at the very end. So LSU just continues that on, and um, you know, to have second most all-time national championships is a very cool feat to be able to brag about, and they do it a different different kinds of ways. And I don't know, like they are a pretty good team, but as people are calling them like the Cinderella and the underdog and stuff. LSU. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Com- oh, I know, yeah, I know. I, 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 did anybody else see that? By the way, like, there's like an underdog yeah, element to them, they and did. that was kind of confusing. Maybe it's just the style in which they play is what it was being referenced there. But yeah, they're they're I no underdogs. Like they're they're on top of the baseball well, mountain. Yeah, when you and, have two yeah, top five. Like everybody now, no one believed in us. Right? They yeah. were ranked number The Warriors were like, no one <laughs> believes that Steph can lead a team. Yeah. Okay. Like whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Two two top five picks in your and it just doesn't baseball yeah. draft is so and the greatest uh, picture in college baseball history yeah <laughs> yeah then yeah uh, absolutely and dylan cruz is awesome by the way can't wait to see what he does uh, as a pro uh number two oklahoma softball who you know just lost one of their stud players to transferring to nebraska which was kind of a shock she Jordy wants, ball yeah yeah she wants there. to go uh play closer to home but you know um i, <laughs> I don't know who's going to i mean even losing a player of that caliber 
I don't think it's really going to slow them down that much. No, they'll be fine. They, I saw where a catcher entered the transfer portal. That means, you know, you've kind of had this winning, and now maybe there's reasons you want to leave. They will plug easily, copy and paste. Not You don't replace ball just like that. They will copy and paste, and they will not, lose, they will not miss a beat. I mean, it's not all that different from Georgia losing like a five-star quarterback because he's – not got a chance to go mm-hmm. play. You yeah. know, I think there's some element of that, too, of just like where's the playing time at for some people when you're as good as they are. There's just not a lot of, you know, a lot of, a lot of chances maybe for, for everybody involved. But, yeah, they've won three straight. They've won five since 2016. Um, had another one in 2013. And, you know, prior to that, it was really mostly like a Pac-12 schools or like your occasional um, – I guess like a Michigan or somebody would pop, but like the Pac-12 ruled the softball roost for a long time, yep, they and did. Oklahoma's upended that, and they had interjected themselves a little bit. They, you know, won titles throughout the the last couple of decades, but this run here recently, yeah, where they've just built it into consecutive titles and really no end in sight is super impressive. Um, you know, the one loss they avenged is still. I I don't like getting. Um, you know, trophies for participating or anything like Baylor softball. Like we beat Oklahoma and it's like, yeah, but they won every other game. They won the national title. So it's like, what does it really matter? But it's a cool trivia note for you. Um, and yeah, Patty Gasso is, uh, is a legend and you know, they should be doing, I expect they'll be doing the same thing in the sec. I mean, that's going to, that's the thing is like, there's going to be so many swimming and diving titles and softball titles and those kinds of things that, you know, weren't as maybe regular that now they're going to benefit from OU and Texas in, in a lot of those different ways, not to mention the, the bigger sports from time to time, too. Yeah, absolutely. And number one, Georgia football, back-to-back uh, college football titles is a really hard thing to do. Um, and is that the only reason they're ahead of Oklahoma softball? Yeah, yeah. they are. It's, it's really, really hard to do, and they are they, – look, they're Shoot, now they were spending... more dominant in some ways than OU softball, <laughs> yeah, depending exactly. on what game we're talking about. Yeah, just absolutely rolling through. There's no reason to see them stopping this year, considering that uh, – and look, I don't think it's really any fault of their own. I mean, things, things happen. One of their, their big non-conference games, Got taken off by the conference because yep. um, you know that they're coming in in, in, a, in a in a year, so they didn't. They're not playing Oklahoma, so they had to replace that. So uh, here Georgia is, and they're spending more money in recruiting. They're doing all these things. Kirby Smart is uh, considerably younger than Nick Saban, so conceivably can maybe work at a faster pace, but they don't show any signs of stopping at, at Georgia. Something something crazy weird is going to have to happen uh, for the Bulldogs to. Uh, be out of this conversation to me in the next decade. Yeah, they, they, it's, it, no one, no matter who they are, what they have coming back, every, you know, they, they lose Stetson Bennett. You'd think, okay, they maybe even a more talent. No one has won three in a row. No. Not the great Miami teams, the USC teams, the Oklahoma teams, not the Nebraska dynasties in the 90s or Florida State. None of them, Alabama, they have never won three in a row, and that is amazing. Florida State played in three in a row and yeah. lost two of them. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't think that's going to get any easier with an expanded playoff. No. no. Uh, yeah. So this might be the one pocket of time here this year where you could see that actually happen because beyond that, I mean, I just think the grind of the playoff, I don't care like how well set like – Georgia will be better set up than anybody, say, for Alabama or maybe a, whoever at any given moment, but still to go – Play the SEC schedule, although you look at theirs and it's like not that bad, actually. Mm-hmm. Kind of like we, we 
overhype that sometimes. They, they landed on the good part of the wheel. Yeah, this year, like for sure. I mean, there's definitely good parts of the wheel, but it's treated as though it's like you know everything's barbed wire everywhere you look. But anyways, um, you know they're they're well set up, but you know to go win multiple playoff games and do that on a yearly basis, year after year after year, is going to be really difficult for anybody. Sure so yeah. Um, yeah, I mean this is a, a window for them to maybe be the first to do that, and I don't think it would come as a surprise. I mean, if they're not a playoff team next year, then something went really really wrong. Uh, given their schedule and their talent level, but yeah, they're they're a juggernaut, and you're like, who's ever going to dethrone Bama? You know, Bama's still right there, but but Georgia, they're the kings right now for sure. You wonder had there been a, a playoff of even four teams back the last forty five or fifty years, how many that had a chance to win three in a row would have won three in a row? Uh, it it might have made it more difficult. Who knows? It might have made it easier. All right, thank you very much. Oh my goodness, Jack McKenzie. Uh, and Garrett Ross and Graham Bronstein and Levi Carraway and Emery Winter, everybody that you don't get to see that we get to see that helps us do what we do and makes us look better, sound better, and then they blow it out all throughout different outlets to make sure you get to watch it. For our sponsors, we appreciate them. Craig Smoke, thank you very much. Paul Catalina, welcome back, uh, and uh, congratulations on the wedding. I'm David Smoke. Thank you, the chat room, the text line, and everybody else in between for being a part of what we do every day, 365 Sports, and good night. Ideal MRI is a small family business right here in Central Texas. We're open to support you while lowering the cost of health care bills. When you need an MRI, ask your doctor for an Ideal MRI. Visit us at IdealMRI.com.